fake facts from the Geek Out Heroes. Van Gogh painted Starry Night based on how space sounds, and then promptly cut his ear off. <laughs> it sounds a lot like boom, boom, boom. In 2011, a crack podcast unit was sent to Colorado Springs by a cord of snowflakes for being too good for the rest of the world. These men, and sometimes ladies, promptly escaped from the world of monotony to the podcasting underground. Today, still wanted by the SJWs of the world, they survive as podcasters of no fortune. But, if you have a problem, if no one else can help, and if you can find them, maybe you can listen to the Geek Out Heroes. Welcome to Geek Out Heroes, this is Vargo. This is Josiah. Miles. I identify as a great white shark. Stop using pronouns elsewise, guys. Go fuck yourself, Anderson. (laughs) (laughs) And now I'm off the cast. (laughs) (laughs) Let's just start we've been going for so long. Uh, Like I said last time, or in the last podcast, we had a lot of technical issues. My computer crashed. It was just a fun-filled couple of weeks of nonsense and bullshit. Computer got covid Computer got COVID. Computer got COVID before I did. That's weird. <laughs> it killed it. It's part of that 0.4%. Have you uh, tried attaching a face mask to the back of your monitor? Yeah. You know, that should improve the breathing, right? Yeah. Right at the, the end air. of the Ethernet cable. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny is that, like anytime I've opened up, I've opened up my Mac is uh, I always laugh at the, the cooling design because the flow of air for it is shit. I mean, there's no, there's nothing really bringing in cool air. It's just all blowing air out. And I just, I kind of sit there. I'm like, how the fuck is this thing just not overheated and died? No, they can't make money off of longevity. <laughs> well, they made, you know, they made money off of me. Cause I mean, that thing is 2013 <laughs> and it's still going. I'm not going to fucking replace, replace it till it absolutely cannot be fixed. Um, yeah. So anyways, uh, the nice thing is, is I should, I should, t- I shouldn't based off of the, uh, drives that I put in there should no longer get ever get that, uh, drive is too slow. Cannot keep up nonsense. I'm still throwing uh, off that you found an extra drive in there. I do. That was the funniest fucking thing. Opening that thing up and seeing that extra stick. I'm like, where the fuck was this from? Like who the fuck put this in there? <laughs> Cause I ha- like, I haven't any, any kind of repairs so- ever. Fucking NSA, Phil. Because yeah, because I haven't had to actually open up the uh, the Mac and replace anything on the motherboard itself. The only thing I've had to do is mess around with the drives. And when when I pulled that whole thing out uh, and the power supply, uh, so when I pulled that whole thing out, I'm looking at I'm like, what the fuck? Like, why the fuck is this on here? That was so confusing to me. If you had a paranoid mind, you immediately start going to the whole things like somebody's watching me, somebody's collecting all my data and stuff like that. No, somebody's already doing that anyways. That's Google. <laughs> <laughs> Google, who apparently it wasn't a April it wasn't an April Fool's joke that uh, turns out Google Android phones collect what well, was like 
20 times more data than than Apple phones do when you turn off all the data collection settings. It still sends all that stuff. And do Google's like, well, no, the study, the study's not right. Uh, there are more apps available for, for Android than there are iPhone. I'm like, okay, you could make that argument or you could just make the argument that you're fucking Google and you decided to mainly just ignore anyone's uh, personal space and collect their data regardless because you're Google. Yeah. <laughs> and that's exactly what Android does is sends data to Google. Every fucking website, every system you play on right we, we we're going to collect data so we can uh, better recommend no shut up yeah. <laughs> Leave me alone. so we can better recommend <laughs> advertising to you is it for advertising is it really i ever like every now and then you'll go you'll you'll go on facebook and i don't see facebook you know recommending a lot of anime to me uh, now it will <laughs> <laughs> you know what's really been going on the last two last two weeks hasn't been a whole ton of stuff in reality other than you know, loot, more loot box nonsense. Yeah. Uh, knowing already that the uh, the the gaming uh, commission over in, uh, uh, or sorry, uh, video gaming uh, organizations over in Europe are completely complacent in in loot boxes and say that it doesn't lead to gambling, even though new studies say that it does lead to gambling because it inherently uh, encourages the similar kind of behavior and encourages addictive behavior, which was one thing that we've listed, we've talked about listeners on this podcast several times is the fact that. Loot boxes might not be gambling. Okay, you can make that argument, but they certainly do encourage the addictive behavior that it goes with gambling, which is an addictive personality. Yeah, here in the States, it doesn't legally fit the definition of gambling. Yeah. One of those things of, yeah, we already know uh, the entire industry is designed around the fact that we want to make sure that we can still take the billions of dollars that loot boxes provide. Yeah. Nothing new there. Call of Duty put out a new map for their outbreak. Outbreak, yeah. Uh which Miles has not been able to play. Loach is the only one that's seen it. Yeah, I've gone in through. I've gone through five rounds now. It has yet to put yes, me in there. Yet to put any put you in there. So uh, is it always random when you play? Basically, yeah, it's supposed to be. Yeah, um, it's it's not supposed to give you like a repeat map. So if you go to the next tier, it's supposed to give you another one, a different one. And I have only done a couple of uh, consecutive, but yeah, still haven't seen it. So there's no way you could pick a map. No. Yeah, he's gotten one of the new objectives. Yeah, I got one of the new objectives, which is all right. It's relatively easy. Yeah, they put dirt bikes in the outbreak mode, finally, because it was already in the other ones. They, they released that that crossbow for zombies. Yeah. But you, you basically have to play the other modes in order to unlock it, or you got to buy the, the bundle that has yeah. the other one in it. I haven't messed with that because... I don't play the other modes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and one thing, listeners, really quick. If the audio sounds kind of echoey or anything like that, mostly that's just because we are recording very closely to one another right now. We're sitting right next to each other for this, this cast. So we have like three mics lined up in a row right now. Uh, so if you hear my voice shifting from one mic to the next, that's why. <laughs> it gets a little distracting sometimes, I know. But uh, there's not a whole lot I can do about that in this room. It's just the Doppler effect. Just wave your head while you're listening to us and you'll cancel out. Science. Don't bring science into this. People, people already don't like science, apparently. So, But yeah, I mean, uh, what else has taken place this week, you guys? It's mostly just been, sadly, political shit. And well, we don't 
really. Yeah, we don't really talk about, talk that, about that stuff that on, on the podcast. We try not to, listeners. Uh, every now and then it'll creep in. Anderson and I had this conversation just before we started the podcast, the fact that uh, we try not to bring up politics. Every now and then it'll creep in and we jokingly talk about it. But uh, it's just one of those things where we're not going to really cover what's going on in the world because we could have an entirely different podcast that would last hours every week of us just bitching about how stupid things are in the world and how everything is just going full on woke. But we'd rather not talk about that stuff because there's plenty of shit we can complain about in the gaming industry. Right. (laughs) And usually that's the case, but uh, we will talk about some of the experiences we've had during the week. Miles and I played through it takes two uh, this week. We've, uh, we did the entire couch co-op for it. Um, We could see how online might, might could cause some delay issues, but the nice thing is, is there's plenty of sections where you have to do things like hit a button at the same time. It has enough delay between the two that they kind of, yeah, they, they make sure forgiving. Yeah, they make, make sure it's pretty, pretty forgiving, but that game was actually really, really fun. That was great. And the, uh, the sound design in that game is some of the best I've heard in a very long time. Uh, really actually kind of, uh, fascinating that they put that much thought into, how sound would work in their levels yeah, and you know, that kind of feedback. And I, I actually imagine that it's probably honestly even better on the PlayStation yeah, just because of the, the haptics and the, uh, the speaker and the controller. I could see that, you know, being a nice little function for that mm-hmm. game. Um, we played it on the Xbox. Uh, it was fantastic. Yeah. Even, uh, on the Xbox one looked and sounded great. Um, I haven't fired it up on the Series X yet, but I can't imagine there's a whole lot more room for improvement because that was a maybe frame rate. Yeah, maybe frame rate, but the frame rate wasn't bad in it to begin with. So no, it's extremely well animated. Uh, I mean, uh, you know, clearly they did motion capture and stuff like that for uh, the main characters and cutscenes and stuff like that. But uh, overall, like hats off, that studio is is making some great uh, great games. I mean, they listeners they did uh, before this they did. A way out, which Miles and I also played together because it's a co-op, and uh, I would say this is a better experience overall. This is a better experience. This is the if you're looking for a co-op game, uh, whether it be with a friend, a significant other, whatever, it's a friendly enough game for somebody who's not really big into video games, uh, but can play platformers. Uh, and it's a entertain and it's an entertaining enough story and uh, gameplay for those who are experienced gamers as well. Yeah, um, you know it was a uh, Haze Light Studios, um, and they did the same thing they did with uh, a way out where only one person had to own the game. Yep. If you're going to do online, the other person can just download the friend pass, and you'll still be able to play. It was thirty bucks. I got it for twenty seven, I think, for the pre order. But honestly. It, with the the amount of the, the quality of the game and the amount of gameplay that is involved in there, it easily could have been a sixty dollar game. Yeah, you know it would have been justified in my opinion. I'm actually curious to find out if EA is it is at all uh, regretting the decision to allow that. Yeah, I don't know because Miles and I not to put this idea out there because I don't like the idea of them asking for people to buy both you know for both people to buy it. But in all honesty, listeners, it's worth a $60 price tag. Yeah. It's a long, it's a long enough game and it's a great enough experience that you would sit there and say, yeah, okay. 60 bucks actually would have been fair and you're done. Now, if it had been 60 bucks, would people have bought it? 
that's all subjective. But yeah. I like I think a lot of people would have balked at it and been like, yeah, you know, I'll just wait for it to, to drop in price. So I think they've been smart about their pricing schemes. Hmm. Uh, um, I'm glad I didn't pay 60, but I, you know, it's rare that we would, we would come on and be like, this game's worth more than what they asked for. Yeah. Very rare, especially a new game. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that was just astounding to me that it was, it, it was that good. A qu- I, I expected something much quicker. Oh yeah. A shorter experience than what we actually got. Yeah. I mean, it was long. It was actually longer than a way out. Uh, it had far more to do. Yeah. Um, I'm not a huge fan of the mini games listeners, but mostly just cause I'm fucking terrible at them. Uh, but they're still fun. And we didn't, we actually didn't discover them all. We found no. out apparently we missed one, uh, maybe even two, but uh, you know, at the end, do you feel like our relationship has gotten stronger? <laughs> <laughs> well, we didn't go through therapy. Uh, You're held hostage by a book. Nope. That was really, I think the therapy. biggest gripe I have for that game is that the main characters aren't technically likable, but they're not really supposed to be. No. Uh, and that's, that's the, the funny part that you bring up. Um, I mean, the dad is, kind of a wimp yeah um the mom is a bit bitchy yeah uh on a lot of stuff and it's one of those things that they're not great parents and they're not great <laughs> parents they're actually listeners they're actually kind of bad parents yeah i don't want to give away a spoiler yeah, what, no, what kind of par- what kind of parent give away yeah, what kind of parent would would want to, like i will say this what kind of parent would want to make their child cry yeah to get what they want like this does that sound like a solution that would ever work in anything like Right at all, like the moment it happened, listeners. What are we doing? Yeah, the moment they happened, it happened, listeners. They 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 brought up the idea. Miles and I both went. You're bad parents. <laughs> you guys are just bad parents. But it's still, you know, it's still a fun story. It's fun to go through, and uh, there's a lot of really good, uh, clever writing. Fantastic level design. Yeah, great level design. Um, there were actually several levels where we were, where I was like, man, this is an awesome level. This is this is the best one so far. Or, uh, you know, I really like this huge. one. Oh like, yeah. There's a few that are kind of linear, uh, but in all reality, you don't really notice. Yeah. But you do notice once you get into one of the more open world esque kind of levels. I was like, okay, I don't know where we're supposed to go. Let's just go explore and find what we find. Yep. There's even a water level, and it's not bad. No, it doesn't suck. It's, it's good. It's actually a good level. Um, yeah, we highly recommend it. You absolutely should buy it if you were thinking about it. If you're on the fence about it, it's you know we. Like I said, would have paid sixty bucks for it, knowing the quality that it was that was there. And if uh, if you're struggling with your partner, and uh, you know, and you're thinking, man, maybe a game will bring us together more. I don't know if this necessarily would do that for you because the uh, like I said, the mini games are pretty competitive, and it wouldn't be so bad to lose in those if the characters weren't such assholes about winning. Right. Like both of them were that way. Yeah. That and sometimes the the mini games the the rules are kind of unclear. Like we played one where I won and there was no logical reason for it. Didn't seem any logical reason for how I won. Yeah. Um. It was. We didn't repeat, uh, but maybe a couple of them. Uh. We we mostly won and done them because we're like, okay, we experienced that. Time to move on. Yeah. So you can go through and play those. Uh, you can actually play those separately. I think in the uh, the menu. Yeah, I think once you discover them, they're there. Yeah. Almost kind of like uh, Mario Party, yeah. In that sense, much like a, and much like Mario Party, really wouldn't recommend it for struggling couples. <laughs> <laughs> you still yeah. must struggle, bitch. <laughs> yeah, if you're if you're super competitive, that's like the equivalent of going around and playing Monopoly and saying this will bring us closer together. No, it's just gonna <laughs> cause domestic violence more than likely. Just like Mark Kart ruins friendships. 
Yeah. <laughs> Other things that have happened this week. Do you guys have anything else to bring up? Well, obviously, Sony's going to be shutting down their servers for like the PS3 and the Vita. Yeah. I wasn't too sure if I was hearing it right that some people are not able to access some of their older games they own digitally. According to Sony, all of your games that you have bought will be available to you digitally uh, still as long as you have bought, you know, as long as you have bought them and they exist in your uh, download or your download history. Um, you just had to have downloaded them before. You can't just buy them and have them sitting around in your library. That's not how it works uh, for those systems. That's how it works on the PS4, not the PS3, not the Vita and not the PSP. So you've had to have bought them and downloaded them for it to continue to be available in your download history. So if there's anything on there that you, you know, let's say you grab something from uh, PlayStation Plus that's in your library, but you've never downloaded it. You need to download it now. You need to go and initiate that download and make sure that it's available to you in the future. They haven't been super specific on how PlayStation Plus titles were worked from that, though, if those have already gone away uh, or not. But uh, supposedly you're going to be able to download anything that you've downloaded in the past. Uh, that's not going away. Uh, I know Young Yad did a video on the fact of like it's not using any game preservation stuff. What he's referring to is the fact that there's no there's nothing in line from Sony on their end to preserve old titles on other like on other forms of media like emulators, stuff like that. And that's where the biggest concern for some gamers who like to preserve those things comes from. Of they want to make sure that those titles are available to everyone, even in the future. It's kind of one of the arts. It's one of the arguments that's come up with Nintendo multiple times, and why Nintendo gets kind of pushy and you know bitchy about uh, emulators on computers. So Nintendo has a weird policy where if they find out somebody's creating an emulator, they'll a lot of times go and attack the company that made the emulator, not the company that that took the game and is offering the game to the people who have the emulators, they'll attack the person who created the emulator that could run it in the first place because they consider that copyright infringement somehow. Um, originally they were trying to prevent people from, you know, sharing the game, uh, even though the game was no longer available anymore. Like you couldn't get it any other way. You couldn't even buy it from Nintendo. So why they cared so much of to stop somebody from using an old game that was no longer available is ridiculous, but thankfully, it, well, at least in the United States, we have a lot of things that protect that, uh, especially through the Library of Congress of preserving all forms of media. So as long as somebody's not making money off of uh, off of that that old product, then it doesn't violate those copyrights. So there have been ways around that. So that's why emulators have been, you know, they, they'll do it where they they pay they create an emulator that will run a bunch of games, and somebody will buy the emulator. But again, Nintendo tries to stop that stuff too by shutting shutting things down by claiming, oh, you're emulating uh, code that was specifically for Nintendo, was only used by the NES, that kind of stuff. That It, it all becomes kind of wishy-washy. But the fact that Sony hasn't made a machine that has been cross, uh, cross-generation play since the PS3, really, is an issue for a lot of people. Uh, we all expected the... Or we all expected the PS5, since the PS5 is... Listeners, the PS5 is astronomically more powerful than the PS4 in reality. And that's simply because of the CPU. It has nothing like I'm not just talking about the GPU. I'm not talking about the memory. I'm not talking about how fast the hard drive is. I'm talking about the CPU power. The CPU is uh, is easily three times more powerful than the last one. The CPUs that were being used on the Xbox One and the PS4 are partially the reason why so many games today for the newest generation coming out 
can't play on the old hardware. I mean, yeah, Cyberpunk is a is a prime example of that. The CPU power is so low that it can't play at 1080p because that's when a that's the that's the resolution where the GPU is no longer the main processing unit. It's having to depend a lot on the CPU. So when the CPU is super, super low, it can't run those things. When the, the PS5 was coming out, we were all like, oh, all right, the, the CPU is going to be powerful, powerful enough to emulate a PS3 at least. It can, it can obviously do the same things as the PS4 because it's practically the same architecture, just more advanced. But nope, they have no emulator for it. And instead, PlayStation is kind of taking the vein of, oh, well, you know, we still have PlayStation now. Yeah, but PlayStation now doesn't have their entire library. Yeah. It does not have the entire library. It doesn't even have access to the entire library because there are some companies that refuse to put their stuff on PlayStation now. I mean, even when the PS4 came out, we we thought it was going to have more backwards compatibility oh, yeah. than it actually had. And they kind of turned around and did the same damn thing with the PS5. Yep. And that's one of the, it's just one of those other factors what that makes me feel like Xbox has been more consumer friendly. Yeah, the PS4, which could easily emulate PS2 games and PS1 games, and we know this for a fact uh, because we've seen guys who have hacked it and done it. They tried to claim over and over again the fact that, oh, no, it takes a lot to emulate this stuff, and it does. It takes a lot of programming power in order to do that. But if you have the processing power to do it, then it, it becomes kind of null and void. It becomes a non-issue, actually. Yeah. Uh, I, could, I could see restricting backwards compatibility for specific games if they don't run. Yeah, things are that are more... Yeah friendly yeah like you know we we it's rare i think but uh we've we've seen videos of people trying to run games on higher end systems yeah and the the system just you know fucks over the the, the game yeah we've seen that even on xbox yeah like there, uh, there's there was, a handful there of titles a, on the xbox that don't work yeah there was an example that you brought up i think it was conquer's bed for a day conquer's bed for a day yeah, yeah. i mean it's kind of like that yep. you know if 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 something like that is a massive issue, yeah. then I could see restricting it. That way you're not basically putting a product out there mm-hmm. that you ultimately are going to have to refund. But absolutely. if it works fine, there's absolutely no reason it shouldn't be backwards. Yeah. On there. That's what it comes down to. Why? Like, and, and why Sony refuses to do that. It's kind of strange, especially since PlayStation, they have PlayStation now. Yeah. We know that they can preserve these games on there. They just don't want to take on that licensing issue. Could you imagine try, Sony trying to license every single game they've ever made right. or, or that's ever been made on their platform? Like the amount of developers and publishers that they'd have to contact and get a hold of and get the rights to the to use that stuff would be astronomically expensive. But if Sony and Microsoft could get together with these developers and these publishers and say, look, your old backlog library still exists. It's still digitally there. Somebody has a copy of it somewhere. Even you do. How about we work out a deal of with PlayStation now and with Xbox Game Pass where we make all of these titles available on these services? And if people play your game, you get a certain percentage. That's it. Yeah. Get a certain percentage of, of what we make from the from the service. I mean, Xbox practically has that already with Game Pass. That's why you see newer games coming out on Game Pass because they have that kind of deal. And with a lot of the older library, most of the developers that they have on there or publishers that they have on there, they don't really get too much of a cut from it, but they don't really care because they're so old that they weren't making on them, making money on them in the first place. Why do you think EA Play came over to Xbox Game Pass? Yeah. 
That wasn't something like, oh, Xbox made this brilliant move. I guarantee you the main motivation for that was the EA was sitting there going, nobody's playing our old games. Nobody's buying our sir, our service because we don't have enough games to fill up that library. And Microsoft probably went, well, we do. Yeah. You know how you can make money off those games and roll them into our game pass. Yeah. We, we have a service that's really successful right now. You put them in as part of our service and you get a cut of that. Yeah. It's not a huge cut, but it's more than what you were making before, which was nothing. So that's a big motivator for this stuff, which brings me over to what's been happening with MLB the show. And we wish to God Loach was here. <laughs> so listeners, we made a joke a while back of when, when Loach brought up the fact that MLB the show was going to be on Xbox and the fact that Sony was showing more favoritism towards certain titles towards uh, cross platform for games that were once their exclusives. Well, MLB the show has been an exclusive on the PlayStation platform for a long time. In fact, they were the only major league baseball uh, game that people would, could go to I think since uh, 2011, I believe after, I think it was the last time that uh 2k made one. Yeah, I was going to say it's been close to a decade. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, because I think your your next option is what, like RBI or something? Yeah, which it was is apparently not very good. Essentially not licensed. It's an arcade, and, an arcade yeah. game. Doesn't have all the newest players, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, almost like what happened with uh, uh, NCAA. Mm-hmm. After NCAA went away for EA and they, had, uh, they brought back uh, just the college football, which was like generic. It was just kind of a shitty version. Nobody wanted to play it. It was just kind of like, eh, well, it's just not very good. So. The same thing happened when MLB turned around and said, all right, well, we're, we're just going to go with uh, MLB the show. So now that's coming over to Xbox. Well, we, we made the joke on the podcast a while back of what if it goes to Game Pass and Loach paused for a second. I remember this. He paused for a second and thought about it and he goes, no, nah, I'd probably still buy it because, you know, we listeners, we tend to want to play our games on the platforms that we are used to. Yeah. We talk about this as a group all the time. Yeah, of, I play Assassin's Creed games yeah. on Xbox. Yeah. I play, what, what system are you going to play yeah. this on? We do that with almost everything. Battlefield um, games on PlayStation. Uh, yeah. It's, it's just the way that we, it's just the way that we play. Yeah. And it's how we've always experienced them. So we get used to that control style. And regardless of how much we like one controller over another, when we switch over, it always feels off. Yeah. If you're used to a franchise on a specific platform and Loach would more than likely stick with the PlayStation. That's what he's used to. He plans on getting a PS5 first regardless. So it makes sense that he would stick with the PlayStation. Yeah, and that and it's a, a franchise that he absolutely, you know, loves and has no problem giving money to. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I didn't for even a brief second really believe that he would entertain going to Game Pass for yeah. it other than if he just straight up just couldn't afford it. Yeah. And lo and behold, they made the announcement that it's coming to Game Pass. And we all laughed. Yeah. But apparently it pissed off a bunch of PlayStation but users. Yeah, I you know, and listeners, <laughs> we, we asked Loach if he was if he was gonna stick with PlayStation. He is sticking with PlayStation. But the nice thing for him is that since it's cross I guess it's cross save compatible, he can literally go from his Xbox to his PlayStation. If we're if we're all playing on Xbox one day and he wants to just chat with us, it's more convenient for him for him to just switch over to platform. And play it on another, the other one rather than. So it's a lot main. easier to convert the cloud saves. Yeah, yeah. it kind of makes me really wish though that MLB had like a play as a player kind of thing. We just make our own like team and we all just fucking play on there. Yeah. Right. <laughs> oh, like the old men's when you can make your own. We're friends. the sand. We're the yeah. sandlot. Um, Until you're like, yeah, we made our own team. Sorry, you can't play with yeah. us. <laughs> Why the fuck am I always in third outfield? <laughs> See, the problem with me playing this with you guys is. 
I'm so used to playing hockey with everyone, so I'd be trying to fight everyone. Yeah, that's fair. Well, if we did hockey, we'd have to do the Mighty Ducks or the Mighty Ducks. How do I close line a runner? (laughs) (laughs) Can I not throw this baseball at the dude's head? (laughs) So the PS4 and PS5 fans are kind of pissed off about this. Why? Because they have to buy it. And this is where the PlayStation Now service comes in. And make no mistake. You know, as as much as it may feel like it, it's not free on Xbox. Yeah, you're paying it's for included. it monthly. It's included yeah. in service. You're paying for it monthly. This is a contract that and a lot of people are saying, oh, well, MLB is the main <laughs> publisher for uh, for San Diego Studios when it comes to the release of this. I'm like, that's technically not true. Uh, San Diego Studios is actually technically the publisher for both Sony and uh, Microsoft. The difference is that Sony owns them. That's yeah. why Sony's branding's all. Over, yeah, that's why Sony owns all of the branding for it. Yeah. So you saying that MLB or Major League Baseball is going to be the publisher? Not technically correct because MLB's te- and if you want to go that way, MLB is technically the publisher for both or for both systems. Yeah. Because they own the franchise, MLB could pull that contract, and you wouldn't have an MLB the show right. because they own it. You know, kind of the same way as like NCAA, uh, the NFL. The NFL decided to just pull their contract from EA. You wouldn't have Madden anymore. You would just have generic football. Blood Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Saying that MLB is the publisher for Xbox is ridiculous. It's still Sony owned. Sony's still making money off of it. Microsoft probably paid them a shit ton of money to put it on Game Pass and also told them anybody who plays it on our console, you guys get a certain percentage. Yeah, you can back. And for Sony, that probably sat there and said, Well, normally everybody would be playing would be playing it on our console only. And this opens up an entire new avenue because there are people who literally own PlayStations just for this game. If PlayStation didn't have all the other exclusives and only had MLB the show, Loach would be the one playing on PlayStation now, all the time. Now, will the uh, the amount of people that switch over to Xbox for it you know, outweigh what they would sell? Who knows? Uh, yeah, I, I doubt it. I think that I think that that's that's really I think there's what, enough fanboys for PlayStation. I think that's what Sony over. was basing it was yeah. was was really kind of banking on is the fact that like this just opens up a new avenue of, yeah. of players. And unfortunately the miscalculation there is that since it's included in service, Sony doesn't offer anything like that. I shouldn't say doesn't offer anything like that. They don't have it on any service that they want to do the same thing with. Right. It's not, it's not that they can't, it's that they don't want to PlayStation. Now listeners has been around for a long time. I'm out of the only, out of the group. I'm the only one that has PlayStation. Now I've used it quite a bit and it works really well. You can download the PlayStation four titles and play them. So it is absolutely capable of doing exactly the same things that game pass is doing and game pass has perfected. Yeah. Why Sony doesn't include it in service for something like this, I don't know. They would make bank on their PlayStation Now service and it would skyrocket just by adding this one game. And I know that for a fact because look at what's happened with Game Pass. Yeah, well, and this it's is an amazing service. This has led to more speculation that Game Pass could eventually wind up on PlayStation. Yep. Uh, because some of the wording that Microsoft had when they're addressing the Bethesda issue yeah. when it comes to exclusives, you know, that they said it would be on Game Pass, you know, available uh, services. Yeah. Right. And, and not specifically just saying Xbox, Xbox and PC. Yeah. Um, which, you know, led that speculation that direction to begin with. But now you have MLB, the, the show coming on it. And I, there's speculation that Disc, uh, Disco Elysium uh, Final Cut. Yeah, uh, is going to be potentially on Game Pass 
which is currently June. A, yeah, which is currently a PlayStation uh, timed exclusive. Timed exclusive. Yeah. So it's one of those things. Like, is this coming? <laughs> uh, you also, we, you know, we also had the uh, Sony investing in in the Azure yeah. uh, platform, which is uh, Microsoft's main uh, cloud services for businesses. Sony did that before COVID ever existed. So they, or I shouldn't say before COVID existed, before COVID hit, they started making, they made that investment. Uh, there was a lot of speculation with that. And, you know, you combine that with PlayStation now. Here's the thing Sony and Microsoft, this is, goes out to you guys. If you want to make a shit ton of money and you want to preserve the gaming heritage that you've created, the games and the library that you have, if you want to preserve that, combine your services, in my opinion, make everything from the past available on that, regardless of the platform you're playing on. If it's a Sony PlayStation game, obviously it's not going to have the luxury of being able to download it and play it on the Xbox platform. That's fine. Let it let that be a streaming title. The same thing goes for Xbox. Let Halo be a streaming title on the PlayStation. You guys are ridiculous in thinking that people need to own your consoles for the old shit. Yeah. If you want the next generation to transition to this way of thinking and this kind of gameplay, this is what you have to do. This is the step you have to take of we're going to make a step and we're going to create one service together. Well, especially since consoles haven't been the moneymaker to begin with. Yeah. And then you on top of that, you have the issues that we're going through right now with shortages mm-hmm. and the fact that both systems are actually pretty damn similar. Yeah. You know, there's not really a true console war anymore. You know? It becomes more of a content war. Yeah, they practically have the same architecture inside. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> very, very, very slight differences from the sounds of it. Yeah. Um, um one one took an advantage, you know, one will take an advantage of I want more GPU power, the other will take an advantage of I want more hard drive speed. That's that's kind of what we're looking at for this generation. So when it comes to your older library that would stream from servers, the servers are all on the same architecture. All the servers are using are using the same same kinds of infrastructure across the board. They're using emulators to play these games and stream them to you. They're not using the actual hardware itself. So, if that's the case, they can stream to any system across the board. So, PlayStation Now, Xbox Game Pass, EA Play, all these services should combine. Will that drive up the cost for us per month? Probably. I guarantee it'll probably, you know, you'll probably see it go for 15 to 20 bucks a month. But it's also more value. But it's also more value. And yeah. gamers will see that and go, that's worth my money yeah. now. And yeah. you'd have and now you'd have the 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 Xbox fanboys going, holy shit, I have an entire library of PlayStation games I can play on. More board play. Holy shit. That's important. You still have gamers out there that are these hardcore fanboys that are just dumb as shit and refuse to own both systems. Yeah. And they're only denying themselves a good time. Yeah, if you can only afford one, I, I get it. But don't get me wrong. There's there's plenty of people out there who can only afford one. Yeah. I mean, uh, I think each of us have been in that situation oh, at yeah. one point or another. Yeah, I didn't even have uh I, I had a PlayStation three for a very brief stint. Yeah. And had to pay bills, so it went goodbye. Yeah. And the only reason I ever even had a PS4 is because you sold me your your older one, yeah, uh, for a good price, and I was able to play uh, games with you guys yeah. on that. So I was like, all right, well, I might as well start doing both systems from now yeah. on. Especially since after that, they started coming out with those great, you know, uh, those new IPs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, Sony is the king of uh, exclusives. 
And I, in my opinion, will probably always be that way. Well, especially since Xbox clearly has set the they whole have, exclusive thing yeah, kind they, of by the they, wayside. They've kind of gone with the, we want great games, but we want to be able to make sure as many, we can sell as many as possible. Exactly. Which isn't a bad not a bad Let's strategy. <laughs> uh, if you know you can make more money from your games than you can your consoles, by all means, do it. Yeah. Well, while you were talking, I want to have looked up some numbers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So as of November 2020. I like 42. Okay. <laughs> so Calm down, Jackie Robinson. I like Jackie Robinson a lot. <laughs> so Ultimate and, Game Pass, everything. starting as this last November, is sitting on 18 million subscribers. So I want to compare it to something else. Stadia as of January of this year, is sitting on 1.4 million. Yes, PlayStation Now has been around for a while and it has more members. Yeah. I think it has like 4 million. Uh, that one currently is sitting at 7 million. Is it? Okay. Yeah. So I, I mean, bet you there's probably more Nintendo Online subscribers than, than there are Stadia. I guarantee that. I didn't look up Nintendo because their online services are hot garbage. Yeah. Well, they are, but the thing that <laughs> <But> Nintendo, <still. laughs> yeah, the thing that Nintendo has That's been doing true. though is with their Nintendo Online services is they are trying, they are starting to slowly preserve their library. Yeah, yeah, they've and been selecting their library. That's something that PlayStation Now and Game Pass really should invest in. They also do and that, should do that together. That Disney vaulting shit though, where they are like, oh, this game's only available oh, yeah. for three months. Yeah. Like that shit needs to go. Uh, Nintendo. I was gonna bring that up a little yeah. later in this conversation. That shit, that shit needs to go, Nintendo. You, you know, are you kidding me? You, you could fit the entire, you could fit the entirety of the Nintendo library from NES to SNES on one hard drive. Not even kidding, listeners. Hey listeners, so I wanted to give you the actual numbers for this because it's even funnier than me just telling you I'm not kidding. All right, so if you're curious, the entirety of the NES, the Super NES, the Game Boy, the Game Boy Color, the Game Boy Advance, the DS, the 3DS, the Game, the GameCube, oh, I almost forgot the uh, Nintendo 64 as well, and Wii and Wii U, all of their libraries, the entirety of it, can fit on one hard drive roughly about 10 terabyte hard drive the entire thing you know you eliminate the uh, the duplicates that is you know if you kept duplicates then you'd be talking about like a 12 terabyte hard drive but it'd still just be one it'd just be one hard drive one that's it so let's just take the uh super nes the nes and the uh nintendo uh, 64 so you could take the nintendo 64 the snes and the nes Take that entire library, and you could fit that on the standard internal drive on the Switch, the 32 gigabyte hard drive. You could fit all of that on there, and you'd still have about 14.6 gigabytes left of space. Could you imagine buying a Switch and having that entire library given to you right away? You just have it instantly on your system. Think about how many systems that would have sold. I know people who haven't owned a console since the PS1 who would actually turn around and buy this. They've been on PC the whole time. Because it's that entire library instantly on a, on a handheld. How awesome is that? Anyways, I thought that was funny. I figured you guys would get a kick out of that. Uh, so if you're curious about the numbers, uh, just do a quick Google search and it'll come up and it'll let you know exactly the amount of space that all those systems take up. And it's astonishing when you think about how many games were available on the SNES or the uh, NES and the SNES uh, alone and just how little space they actually took up. <laughs> Uh, Nintendo had a lot, and Nintendo had a lot, lots. <laughs> but you know, hard drive, hard like just a regular hard drive can go up to like sixteen terabytes. Yeah. So Nintendo sitting there saying, "You can't, you can't play this. We're gonna have to vault it." 
makes zero sense. Yeah. It's 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 just a gimmick. Disney kind of stopped that shit. Yeah, and I think they're doing it for the exact same reason Disney did. It's like, oh, this will drive up sales for this particular exactly. product. Except for it's backfiring. It's not a smart scheme well, to do. For video games, Short literally. Short term, it works. Yeah, not not when things have gone digital. If yeah. you're trying to, yeah, exactly. If you're trying to sell physical, it makes sense. But when you have digital, that by the wayside. All those stupid marketing tactics need to go. They yeah. need to go away. They need to become extinct when it comes to digital because it doesn't make sense on digital media. So Sony, we would really like you to consider looking at Microsoft and how they're doing things, adding, you know, when they're adding new exclusives and you don't have to do this with every exclusive. Xbox doesn't do it. Not every exclusive that they have to their platform goes immediately on Game Pass. No, there are certain ones that they will, though, because they know that it'll get members on Game Pass far quicker than if they just sell the game individually. So if they can get more and more people subscribing to the service, they're getting more money per month on a regular basis, even when the games aren't launching every month. So you need to consider that as well of the fact that, you know what, if we're getting more money every month from PlayStation now, but all we have to do is just add MLB the show and we'll have it on there for the next year. As a new release, we're going to get more money in the long run. It'll, it's a long game. It's not a short game. You're going for the long game here. So that's what you got to kind of really start considering and when you combine playstation plus and game pass it costs actually it costs a little bit less uh than what it costs for ultimate game pass ultimate game pass or game pass when you combine it for per month per basis it's like a what, 180 190 a year 15 uh, bucks a month yeah i can't quite remember uh, i believe it's 100 180 190 somewhere around there uh 15 bucks a month uh so you're talking about a service that when you take PlayStation Now and PlayStation Plus, you do 60 plus 100, 160 bucks, relatively similar. And the only difference is, is that Xbox puts new uh, content on there and it's, it's, it's there. Sometimes it's there based off the developer, whether or not they want to keep it on there. If they're making enough money, they'll take care. If they're not making enough money, they'll take it off. We we brought this up before we started the podcast. Hunter call you know Hunter Call of the Wild. Hunter Call of the Wild still available on Game Pass. Why? Because they found out that people were playing their game still because all they had to do is just add a new map. Uh, same thing with the other game miles, and I play uh, Deep Rock Galactic. Yeah, they they brought that up and they said uh, since they got put on the Game Pass, their DLC sales went up like something like one hundred and forty percent. Increases your player base. They're yeah. making they're making money on the DLC. They're making money because their player base comes up, and they're getting a cut from Game Pass because of it. So. Sony, can, you really need to look at this. Look at how how Microsoft is successful with this and go, we need to do this. We need to start doing the exact same thing. And if that works for you, think about what will happen if you say, hey, what if we combine our services? What if we say, if you have PlayStation now, you get Game Pass with it. We'll, we'll increase the cost by five bucks a month. Yeah. We'll increase the cost you know, for, for Game Pass. Same thing. You get, you get Game Pass, you get PlayStation now, we'll increase the cost for five bucks a month. That would blow people away. You'd have two companies who are notorious for never really working with each other and have a fan base that are diehard stupid about, oh, fuck you, PlayStation, fuck you, Xbox, who now would have nothing to say because they used to be sitting there going, wait a minute, you're telling me I get a library of 600 more games from somebody else that I've never bought content from? I get to experience the entire God of War series by streaming it to my Xbox? Fucking sign me up. Right. It wouldn't remove the need for the PlayStation 5. It wouldn't re- re- remove the need for the Xbox series because people would still need those consoles in order to play those stuff in order to play newer content. 
I mean, hell, you could make it, you could even, if you wanted to go so far as say, PlayStation 5 content has to be downloaded. Has to be downloaded to the console in order to play it locally. It can't be streamed. That's fine. Microsoft could make the same, could make the same stipulation about the new Halo series. Yeah. They could make the same stip stipulation about, you know, medium, stuff like that. And say it can't be streamed. It's too. It you know they could say it's too complicated. It, yeah, <laughs> they could they could say it's too. They could say it's too complicated. Can't be streamed. But for their older game libraries, they could say yeah, you guys are welcome to play that stuff. Halo Five, yeah. Halo Four, all those ones. Yeah, play them on the PlayStation Five. Why? Because you can stream it. Why not? Like it's just to me, this just makes sense. It just it makes sense even marketing wise. Make more money. <laughs> money is good. We'll say I think uh, I think uh, based off of uh, PlayStation's last announcement thing, I don't know if we ever went over it because we had a week there. Yeah, uh, that they they seem to be kind of taking note of what Xbox have been doing and promoting more indies, mm -hmm. and uh, some of them look pretty promising. Yep, uh, couldn't tell any of them right off the bat because it's been a little while. Yeah, I mean Sony's invest they're they're investing in uh, indie studios, Jade Raymond's studio. Yeah. Yeah. They're they definitely like listeners. Gaming we see games. Yeah. We see that they know what Xbox is doing, that they're going, that's a Gaming good idea. Games. We'll we'll do the same thing. Microsoft takes took note of Sony and goes, We see what they're doing. They're doing that. That's smart. We yeah. should do we should do something similar. So if they can see these things and go and evaluate their, their own services, they can definitely do it when it comes to other things. When it especially when it comes to their streaming services. Just hope for the future. Hope everything gets better. Hope we get more out of it as gamers. It's all good things for us. Yeah. Uh, I understand people's frustration with the PlayStation crowd of MLB. The show is going to cost you 60, 70 bucks in order to buy it, but it's not exactly like it's going away for free on Xbox. I mean, people don't, don't get game pass for a month, play the game and, and get rid of it. If they're baseball fans, if they're baseball fans on Xbox and they want to continue to play the game, they have to pay for it monthly. Yeah. By the time they're done, more than likely, if they're like, if they're anything like Loach, by the time they're done, they will have paid for a year of Game Pass, which, which for Sony, uh, if that's the only game that they play, that's a hundred and eighty bucks. Yeah, you know, probably about they probably get what a cut of maybe twenty percent per game, thirty percent per game they play. By the time they're done, they've gotten their they've gotten their money's worth from that customer. Yeah. They've gotten their cut from that person. Yeah, you're you're essentially getting mad because you're buying a game and owning it versus somebody's getting to rent it. That's absolutely a perfect way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I don't get that. You're, you're mad because absolutely somebody's going and renting it. It'd be the equivalent of somebody getting mad and going because they went to blockbuster rented the game that you bought. They got their money's worth out of it and they returned the game. They couldn't play it anymore, but you continued to, to, to play the shit out of it. Yeah. Okay. Like I said, I understand that you think you you think it's free. It's not. It's included in service. The backlash is not understandable, sense. but it's not necessary. Yeah. One of Anderson's favorite games is going to be uh, coming out with DLC. Oh yeah. Well, first of all, they just already released a a teaser after it. Mm. So Maneater. Yep. Is finally getting an add-on. Yeah. Is it called Truth Truth Quest? Like Truth Quests, yeah. which makes fun of like the Monster Quest shows and all Illuminati. that jazz. Yeah, <laughs> when it's really, really pushing on it. But it's well, I was not expecting it. No, neither was I. No. I thought, I thought, I thought it was thought just it was, a one and done. I thought yeah. it was a one and done. I didn't think they were going to leave any room for DLC. It sounds like the base, based off of what it is, it is actually going to take place 
after. after so you can you know go from your badass you super game, shark from your super shark to whatever the hell they're going to the picture art looks like it's a hammerhead shark that actually shoots lasers or something out of its mouth and then if you notice at the bottom of the image there's something very ominous underneath looks like it's a very large uh, set of jaws and yeah i'm looking forward to it it's gonna be fun yeah. um it's it's more man-eater it's more so more it's more of my yeah it's more batshit <laughs> it's more of my dream so to keep people happy for the moment, they released a crazy-looking free tiger shark-looking skin for yeah. both consoles. Cool. I'm going to play the shit out of it. It was money worth spent. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Money well worth spent. Um, I mean, you know, it, <laughs> that, that was a game that became free on uh, PlayStation. on PlayStation and was made available free on PlayStation if you had a PS5. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I was a little upset at the fact that I couldn't get a PS5 to have it. And I didn't have one at the time either. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's a shame you can't just but, you know, pocket that shit. Yeah. But we made, we made the announcement on our podcast and we said, you know, that's awesome for people who own it, yeah. who, own the, who own the console. Because why? It's a great it's game. It's a great game. And we like it's we were excited for the dumb. fact that more people were going to be able to play it. It's like when it's like in Horizon Zero Dawn. Horizon Zero Dawn came out for the PC. Yeah, dude, that game like after they did the the latest patch, that game looks amazing oh, on sure. PC. It looked amazing <laughs> on PS4. Yeah, <laughs> and it looked incredible on PS4. And I sat there going, "Man, this this looks incredible on PC." I was so excited for people on PC with PC to be able to play it. Yeah, because I sat there and going, "You guys like you guys yeah, out there who don't out. own these consoles, you're missing out." And it's so awesome to see you get to play a game that I got to play already. The more people get to play these games and get to have these experiences, the better off we all are yeah. as gamers. That just, promotes the developer the who might consider making a sequel or making stuff of the same genre. And overall, it yeah. just accumulates towards shared experience. Yeah. I mean, it, when you when you talk to a PC elite and Josiah's experiences, I'm sure, in the past, when you talk to somebody who's PC elite and they only play PC... And you start, excuse me, you start to talk to them about games that you've played, like God of War, and they're like, I've never played it. I've only, I only have a PC. And then they think that that's the smug answer, that that's the better answer of, I've only had a PC. And you're sitting there going, you're a fucking idiot. Yeah. Like, you you should, own, you should own everything you can because you're missing out on an experience. When I hear that these games are coming out for, for PC and I get to talk to PC gamers, they're like, dude, how good was that game? And I'm like, fucking right? I'm like, that's why I owned a console. Yeah, those kind of people always make me laugh because, I mean, you may get to be smug about it, but you're just missing out on more fun. Right. Well, and it's the inverse when I see a, a game that actually looks really cool and interesting. I'm like, all right, I'd totally play this. I'll check it out. Yeah. And it's like Steam only. I'm like, well, fuck me. Yeah, goddamn it. <laughs> you know, why Why can't it come to, to consoles? Yeah. I, the, you know, uh, Disco Elysium was only on PC for a while when mm -hmm. it came out. Uh, I didn't want to play it on PC listeners because it involved a lot of reading. And I have dyslexia and that is a lot of work for me to do that. I, you know, I already have to study and read, uh, in my free time or, you know, in, during my, during the day. And in my free time, I like to play video games. If you're asking me to go and read more, oh, dude, that's a lot of work. And nice thing with the, the little side note, final cut is going to have fully yeah. voiced and final cuts coming out. It's going to be fully voiced and it's going to be available on consoles as well. I was like, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. And the PC version gets a free update. I was, I was about to ask because like I would assume but I or hope that PC would get the uh, yeah the, final cut the free update basically. thing has been a huge staple on the police on the PC side forever of yeah. when when a game company is like yeah we're coming out with a collection it's going to be you know some improved visuals and stuff like that PC gets it for free why because they've already had the improved visuals right. usually 
They've already had all the improvements. There's not a whole lot we can do more on their end, but we're going to give them the collection regardless. So they just have it all in one place. So I have with like Bio or uh, Bioshock, Elder Scrolls, Skyrim. Any anytime that stuff's happened, they're just like, yeah, the PC just gets it for free because they've technically have already been there. Right. On the console side, it's always been different. It's always been this whole thing. You have to pay for the upgrade. Uh, you have to pay for the remaster. And the PC side of things, we've always sat there going, man, that's that. It's kind of a, it's kind of a wash. On the PC side, we're like, we get it, why they're doing it, but at the same time, we've always seen it as that's kind of a, that's kind of a jip for your customers who have already owned it. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, I didn't well, have any qualms with buying Skyrim remaster. Well, that's why, that's but. why I was, that's why I was so, <laughs> that's why I was so supportive of the the uh, smart delivery yeah. system for Xbox is because that's how PCs have been forever. PCs have always had that smart delivery has always been just a given. Like if you, if you came out with a slightly better visual version of it, PCs should just give it, should just get it for free because we've already been there. So in our system, our systems don't change to an entirely different system to, in order to run it. Whereas console, in some cases it was, yeah, they had to go to an entirely different system in order to run it. Okay. Well that, that made a little more sense when you went from the PS3 to the PS4. And you had the remasters and, and the uh, the remakes, right. stuff like that. But it doesn't really make sense anymore when it goes from the PS4 to the PS5. That's why I get pissed off at the whole, hey, give us ten more bo- ten more dollars, and you get the ultra advanced version, you know, essentially for the Xbox Series X and the PS5. Never mind the fact that those versions were already available on the PC to begin with. Didn't, was- they didn't have to do any extra work, listeners. That's why I wasn't so sure on uh, Disco Elysium, just because, like, it's. I'm sure there's probably some graphical updates and everything, but uh, you know, having all that extra voice content is like mm-hmm. I could see it maybe being charged, but like I would hope not. Yeah, but that's just, that's good to know though that uh, they're that's they're just rolling that out. Yeah, the the uh, when people ask the developers, like, no, we're not going to make you pay for a game twice. This is an indie developer, listeners, <laughs> and they said they went, no, that's ridiculous. That's like that's, ha- that was a response. That's what Hazelight did with their games. Yeah. Like, you know, we're making a co-op mandatory game. Yeah. Like, we're not going to make another person yeah. buy You can only game. play this with another person. Yeah. Only. It's it's not like Unravel 2, where you can play it technically by yourself. Yeah. Uh, it's not easy, but you can. And it works for the most part. Miles and I play, had to play that over SharePlay. The fact that it didn't have online co-op was... Yeah, SharePlay was kind of... weird. Kind of messy, yeah. But because it will, yeah, it had to go ultimately, through two, had to go through two systems in order to work. <laughs> yeah, ultimately, it still worked out all right. But it still worked, which showed us that if it worked over SharePlay, it could easily have worked online. And why they didn't offer online was absolutely because EA just wanted to sell it individually. Right. Um, they didn't want to have a Torchlight. What's their name, right? Hazelight. Hazelight. Yeah, they didn't want to have a Hazelight experience where, oh, you can just buy the game for one person and the other person can play it with you. They didn't want to do that. Never mind the fact that Miles and I were completely willing for Unravel to buy a copy for each of us and play it online. Yeah, great game. When developers make these decisions and they say, you know, this is the only, this is the way we're going to sell, have to sell our game. This is the things that we're going to have to do for our community. We want to make sure that we keep goodwill with our community. Well, giving away, giving away the upgraded version as a, you know, hey, thanks for buying our game. Thanks yeah. for, thanks for supporting us. We appreciate it. Thanks for all the game of the years. Here's something free. Here's something for you. That creates a community of like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm totally gonna buy whatever this next developer makes. Yeah. Customer appreciation goes a long oh, way. Goes a long way. 
And I feel like EA and Activision, those kind of companies don't really understand that, yeah. uh, especially 2K. Or they, uh, they don't even appreciate their own workforce. They ain't going to yeah, appreciate their right? customers. So they, they turn around <laughs> and they do these things. They're like, oh, you pay us 10 extra dollars. You get, we'll give you the $70 version. It doesn't come with anything extra. It just comes with the, the ability couple to. Couple skins. No, uh, no, not even a couple skins. Like the, the $70 version of uh, uh, oh, NBA Black 2K. Ops. You know, the $70 version uh, of Black Ops doesn't come with anything different than the regular $60 version. The only difference is, is that it comes with a the ability to download the higher quality version yeah. for the Series X or the or the PS5. High-res texture pack. Yeah. <laughs> and that's all it is, is a high-res texture pack. And I sat there going, so wait, you're charging $10 extra just because somebody wants to go to the next generation system? That is bullshit. Yeah. Because listeners, again, like I said, the PC already has it. It's yeah. $60 base already has all of that stuff. So if they're not putting in any extra work, none, no extra work whatsoever, why is the game suddenly $10 more? This whole argument of, oh, we have to go with inflation. Games are not costing any more today than they were 10 years ago. Yeah. They've done, they've done a cost analysis of like what games are costing these, these companies, especially sports games, what they're costing these companies to make. And if you go back the last, even the last seven years from when the PS4 and the PS5 launched, or the, sorry, the PS4 and the uh, Xbox One launched, these games are using the same resources. They're yeah. still using the same resources they have, even going into the next generation. They're, they're just hired, lazy. Yeah, they're just, well, it's not just, just that they're lazy. It's just because the architecture is so similar, they don't have to do a whole lot of extra work in order to transition. Yeah. So if the extra work isn't there, the extra cost isn't there. Yeah, if the if the market, the size of the market, gaming market, was the same as it was twenty years ago, then yeah, I could see a cost increase. Absolutely. But the size of the market has grown ridiculously. Oh say yeah, quadrupled. Yeah, yeah. Well, I would say probably even more than that. Really. Yeah. yeah. Uh, e- e- like given what ha- or given what's happened in the past year because of COVID, uh, within the first yeah, six oh within the first six oh, months, yeah. game <laughs> sales boosted. Astronomically, yeah. for no, for for the simple reason that people were stuck at home yeah. and people were suddenly experiencing the fact of, oh, this is why gamers do what they do. They need escapism because going out in the real world for them is kind of a hassle, and they want to have an adventure. So instead of being able to go out in the real world like I normally do, I'm stuck at home. So I'm gonna I'm gonna experience what they do. Holy shit, video games are cool. Yeah, that's what's that's what's kind of happened in the past year. So. Yeah, like you said, if 20 years ago, if if our, if the gaming community were if the gaming community were today the same as 20 years ago, yeah, absolutely, there has to be a cost increase. But the gaming community isn't. The gaming community yeah. has grown at least, I would say, at least five times the size of what it was. I mean, it's it's tremendously larger than what it was back in the 80s. That's what I'm saying. Like, I I I, I would be interested. I, I'll probably look it up afterwards, but yeah. <laughs> but it's it's. I, it's got to be astronomical. Yeah, and listeners, back in the '80s when we were kids, there's this ridiculous notion that games didn't cost sixty dollars yeah. back then. Yeah. That is not true, listeners. We remember some this. Cases specifically. In some cases, they were more expensive. Yeah. I still remember buying Street Fighter Two, and it costing me almost a hundred dollars for Street Fighter Two. Think about that, Street Fighter Two, not Super Street Fighter Two Turbo. Street Fighter Two didn't have nearly the roster or anything like that. 
and it cost and it costs like 90 bucks or street fighter 2 turbo super neon crossbone <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> capcom's been notorious for that forever that's but, what the industry has been what was like back then because it was based off of well we don't have a huge player base uh, and 20 30 years ago gaming had more of a stigma to it yeah and now it's super mainstream yeah i mean i I remember buying RPGs for the PC and look and looking at them and some some that lasted, you know, 20 hours were uh, 40 bucks and others that lasted 12 hours were $90. In one case, I can't remember which uh, RPG it was uh, when I was a kid. It was I was terrible at RPGs, by the way. A lot of text <laughs> uh, back then, back then. But I still remember as a kid buying one and it was 120 bucks. I, it, took, it, it cost me basically what I was making or what I made for part of a summer from mowing lawns when I was a kid. Yeah. And I, I played it and I was like, you know, th- it was a great experience. Was it a hut? Like looking back on it today, was it $120 worth? No, not even close. So in games, like games didn't start hitting that $60 price point of this is the, this is the cost of a game. $60 didn't really start doing that until around the n64 the playstation you know the original playstation one era that was that was when games kind of evened out of oh you know games should just be kind of 60 bucks this is it 60 dollars it should be an average get like a 50 dollar one yeah you know but yeah for the most part i mean that's when standardized pricing kind of yeah it 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 came in and that's that's where it was and everybody's like oh well it's been this way for a couple of decades that's because that's fair because that's what feels fair and that's what's always felt fair. And now that we're going into this era of similar architecture, where the architecture for our systems aren't changing drastically, you're not getting a PlayStation 4 that can't translate games over to a PlayStation 5. You're not getting uh, Xbox, you know, new Xbox architecture where it was based solely on the Direct X engine. It's based off of modern computer techno- or technology. What computers are currently using is what these systems work off of. So if the extra work, the extra coding that would had to, that had to go in behind that is solely put down to, will the engine run it? And engines, as we've seen from CryEngine, as we've seen from Unreal, are getting easier to work with. Resources are becoming much more simplified to create, taking photos and, and, and an engine emulates what that texture is. So that, create, creating NPCs. Yeah, I mean, that that's <laughs> taking a lot of that work out of it. Listeners, don't get me wrong. We realize that the technology behind that costs money, mm. but that's not technology. That's not technology that they had to extra. They had to invest extra time into. Yeah, I mean, that, so that, it's, it's a it's a it's a give and take. So is it worth another ten dollar increase? Uh, the gaming industry is not struggling. No, not even not even close. Not even close. Like unless you're maybe like an indie developer and your games kind of suck, then you you might be floundering a little yeah. bit. Yeah, listeners, you but. could take away the loot boxes and the profit the profit margins for these companies would still be high enough for them to all run and continue to make games the way they've always made them. Yeah, and still be more than comfortable with making their profits. Yep. You know, but no, we have we have companies that are you know giving away hundreds of millions of dollars in, in bonuses, right? But oh, games need to start costing seventy bucks. Yeah. Like go fuck yourself, right? It's all about greed. It, yeah. it, it comes down to more money. How much because can if we you nickel and dime if you think that extra ten dollars is going towards those those developers, no, <laughs> I got news for you. It hasn't worked in the past. That hasn't been the case ever in history. Is the fuel for the uh, CEO to take his yacht to his yeah. yacht? Yeah. That hasn't been a that hasn't been happening in history in the history of a video game. Look at uh, prime example. Look at Borderlands. Look at Borderlands Three. Everyone was promised bonuses if the game sold well. The game not only sold well, it sold better than any other 
game in its franchise history. And it's the worst one. And it's the, <laughs> and it's the worst one. And instead of it, instead of them hold, upholding their promise of like, hey, here's a here's a bonus. Randy Pitchford goes, nah, you know what? I'm good. I'm just going to keep my bonus to myself and I'm not going to give you guys any of the money. Does yeah. that sound like a company that would turn around and take that extra $10 and give it to their employees? Right. Fucking no, it wouldn't happen. That's not how that's not how these companies run. So if you think any CEO is going to turn around and be like, yeah, $10 more, it's going to go towards the development. No, it's not. It's going towards the guy at the top. Yep. That's the bonus that he gets because they made so much more profit than they had in previous years. They take that and they go, oh, you guys made a shit ton of more, shit ton more money for everybody on the board, for everybody who's sitting in there as our investors. So here's an extra here's an extra chunk of change from that money to you. That's how that works. That's how they get those bonuses. If you think any of that's going to their employees, got news for you. It's not. Their employees are still getting shafted. In fact, in some cases, they're just getting let go for no reason. Yeah. Yeah, that's the real fucking kicker is, you know, I mean, the bonuses are one thing, but when you do a bonus and then you lay off 500 fucking people. Right. Yeah. You know, like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. Two years in a row. But yeah. Activision, two years in a row. Best best uh, profit they've ever made. Two years in a row. Last last year it was a record. It was record breaking from 2000, uh, 2019. Yeah. 2020 profits record breaking again. Best they've done in two decades, twenty years. Two hundred million dollars for the CEO. Five hundred people lose their jobs, and that's with uh, that's with their their uh, board refusing his extra bonus. Yeah, or his, no, his, his his pay increase. His right? pay increase. Yeah, yeah. He wanted he wanted a pay increase. $200 million for a bonus or with bonuses, with bonuses, with stock options, with his, with his, with his company pay $200 million. Yeah. 500 let, people, 500 people, 500 people, 500 people lose their jobs because they can't shift them over to anything else that, or they say they can't yeah. on top of that, turn around and then saying, Oh, we have to place a higher, we have to hire uh 1200 people. Yeah. Wait a minute. You just let 500 people go. What, what, what do you need these 1200 people for? Their, their whole thing is like, oh, well, they'd be, in, they'd be in specialized things. Well, what did these 500 people do? Well, some of them were in marketing. Some of them were in uh, event uh, planning and stuff like that. These people could still be shifted over to other things. Yeah. I guarantee you these, these, these people could have, been, could have done something else for the company. They just didn't want to do it. They didn't want to take the time to figure that out. So they turned around and just said, oh, we'll just fire them and hire other people. Yeah. Maybe put more irons in the fire than just fucking sports games. Right. Or, you know, fucking Call of Duty. All fucking Call of Duty, fucking remakes. Because yeah. you can't make anything new. Uh, and, you know, we've said it before, listeners. You, we, we were perfectly aware that the CEO should be making more than programmer B. You know? Yeah, but the CEO, but, the CEO could make listeners. The yeah. CEO could make a million dollars a year and still be making more than everyone else in that company. It, yeah, and that's that's <laughs> what we're pointing out. That gap is so astronomically wide for a lot of these companies now. Yeah, it makes no sense when people get let go. Yeah, people like people actually thought CEOs made a million dollars up until about uh, five, six years ago when they were ta- they were doing studies on like what the average person thinks that a CEO makes. Mm. At it large sparked up after two thousand thirteen. I was like the full study on it, and like as soon as it hiked, up, it hiked up after after the year two thousand. Back in nineteen ninety six, it was a million dollars average, and the average American thought that the CEOs back then in two in nineteen ninety six made roughly about six figures. Yeah. Uh, and back in two thousand, uh, that changed, and people thought, oh, they make about a million dollars because of the 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 fact that it came out of oh, they make about a million dollars a year. People thought that 
And then they find out, oh no, since about, 2000 and, uh, about 2003, the average CEO for large corporations made over $20 million a year. That's just nuts. Like you can't tell me those people work enough. I'm sorry, I've known too many CEOs. You can't tell me they work enough to make $20 million a year. Yeah. I don't care how profitable their company is. That is unfucking real rich. Yeah. For me, that they don't ever reinvest it into the company. Yeah. Never. Yeah. Oh, well, I shouldn't say never. That I've known I've known CEOs of smaller companies that the do, do the right thing. That they do the right thing. And that's because their their life their well, their livelihood uh-huh. their own livelihood depends on whether or not they can keep their employees and whether or not they can keep the yeah. company running. Oh, and that's that's the difference. Is yeah. a smaller corporation, that's usually where those CEOs are, is they're they're more closely knit to the people who are underneath them because they realize that they need these people in order to continue to make their money, in order for their business to continue to be successful. Larger corporations, they don't have that connection. They don't see their people. They don't see their people as these. I'm dependent on them. Yeah. They just see them as another worker ant. Yeah, you're a dime a dozen yeah. to them as far as they're concerned. Yeah. Because they can just always go out and hire somebody else. So, you know, you don't have the. We've talked about this before, but you don't have the the you know the Nintendo CEOs. You don't have the you don't have people who sit there and say you know what. Yeah, we didn't, we didn't do so well. We're gonna, I'm going to take yeah. a pay cut. We didn't do so well this year, and I'm going to take a pay cut. Yeah. Or or turn around and say, you know what? We did massively well. I'm going to take my entire bonus, and I'm going to give it to my employees. What was Miyamoto? He didn't take a single paycheck for five straight years? Uh, it was just over four. Was it four? Yeah. Yeah. He didn't take a paycheck, uh, and uh, when, the, or when Nintendo turned around and actually turned a profit, he took his bonus and gave it back to his employees. You don't see that. That doesn't happen. In I know, like companies. he was like more than doing that. He was like buying up people's houses and giving them their deeds. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like this. This was somebody who sat there and said, "I depend on these people. Yeah. These people are what are what are going to make us successful." Yeah, it wanted to uplift the people around him. Yeah. So we. It's just it, listeners. I know it. Sa- that sounds like socialism. It's not. It's just somebody being. It's somebody turning around and doing the right thing for themselves and and for those around them. Yeah. That's what that is. That's all. That's all. And all we ask is for these companies to do this. Some do something similar. Your CEOs need to be. They they need to stop being Scrooge McDuck, or not Scrooge McDuck. Yeah, but, make you Scrooge know, McDuck be, have the conscience. You, know, you, you, <laughs> need, you need to stop being Scrooge and turn yeah. into Scrooge after Christmas. Like you need you. They need seriously. They need they need the three fucking ghosts to come and see him and say, look, you need to change your ways. You need to become a better person. I mean, it's it's poisonous to your company. When you do yeah. that because. I mean, we've seen that. Yeah. You know the the failing uh, the falling quality in games alone. Oh God, yeah. You know it's it's clear that there's not any care put into there's a lot no of the passion. shit that they do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, listeners, when we when we finished, it takes two. We had two parts of the game that kind of broke, and that was one one time with the audio when it stopped playing uh, the voiceover. And we had playing a the voice progression acting. glitch. And we had a progression glitch. It wasn't a major deal. Yeah. That's the least amount of glitches we've seen in a game in a long time. But overall, the game worked and we were we were shocked. Like, that's that's the thing is, like, if you play a game and you're shocked at the fact that it worked. Yeah. Fuck. That's that's bad. That means that's how bad the industry has gotten. Well, it's like I was telling you with uh, Baldur's Gate 3 still being in early access and it plays better than 
85% of the games I played in the right? last like four years. And they have yeah. regular updates. They have reg- like they, they they tell their community what they're doing. Yeah. They tell they, their community what they're updating next. They go out of their way to let everybody know, hey, we got a lot of uh, reports on this bug. We're working on fixing it now. We'll probably have like a hot patch out like, you know, next week sometime. They, yeah. they don't give us like an exact roadmap of what's coming, but yeah. they'll let everybody kind of know, hey, this is what we're working on next. Yeah. You know, it's a lot of really cool stuff. I mean, I just hopped into the uh, the newest content that they added because they added uh, the Druid player class. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I've been playing through that a little bit. And even since because I, I think I missed two really big patches while my PC was dead. Yeah. And I can tell even from when I started on launch day to now, it's already way better. Yeah, that's it, it, when a developer does that in early access. That's really what builds a community and what builds up a uh, player base because when you hear things like that from other players when you hear about what a developer is willing to do and how they're willing to take in feedback that goes okay you guys you guys have earned my money you guys are, you guys are worth me giving you money even though the game's not finished i believe that you were you were out to actually make a good finished product because of how you've treated your community if it was being done by epic they would just scrap all the uh, story and turn it into battle royale. battle royale right <laughs> like, <laughs> just say Side, side note, since I don't think you were here when I brought it up, are you looking forward to Dark Alliance? Yeah, it actually looks pretty good. Yeah, Because like, that's, <laughs> that's what so I thought was going to happen it. when they initially announced uh, Baldur's Gate 3. Yeah. Is that's where my mind went was to the Dark Alliance series. Because that's what I played. Yeah. yeah and uh, I was like, oh, it's the, the RPG one. I was like, oh, that's cool. I was like, I can't really play it anyways because it's not available on console, but... They came out with that Dark Alliance video. I was like, what? Yeah. No, I, I saw that uh I saw that preview that got posted in the group chat and I was like, oh, this looks fun. I hope we can uh we can all play it together at some yeah. point. Yeah, and, and coming out this year nonetheless. Yeah, because those games are fun, like playing them by yourself, but I can imagine with like two or three of us yeah. playing, it's gonna be a fucking yeah. blast. Wasn't that the wasn't that the game that one of the guys from uh Mass Effect left for? Yes. To go work I think on? So. I believe so. I think so. Yeah. Because um, he he was really a big Baldur's Gate fan, yeah, and he had left to go work on. Uh, he said he was just leaving to work on another another D and D type project. I'm assuming that's the one he went to. I, that would be my guess. I I, I know his Dark Alliance was one of the best couch co op experiences I had, <laughs> and I was like, all right, I get to kind of do that again. <laughs> yeah, and I know one of the, I know one of uh, the old Mass Effect writers left. Uh, uh, Bioware to work on actual Baldur's Gate. Yeah, he ended up uh, moving over to Larian. I remember that was a big deal when he uh, ended up getting hired there. Okay, that was actually one of the reasons that I was willing to put money into early access because I'm yeah extremely skeptical with early access. Yeah. Oh yeah, and especially since they charged full price for uh, yeah. Baldur's yeah. Gate. Um, but knowing who was on the writing staff. And then having played games from them previously, I was like, okay, I'll pay up front. Yeah. Because I know it's, even if it's not everything they deliver, it's going to be enough to make it worth. Yeah. Didn't, didn't that come with the uh, the the uh, previous games, though, too? Did that come with that package, or was that just the game itself? No, it's just the game itself, but the older ones... The collection. I have tried to go back and play, and they have not aged well. No? Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, know. like, th- that's one of those games that those are just gonna have to stay as good memories because i tried firing up the second one recently and i got about 20 minutes in i was like wow this this didn't age it's like the uh the original fallout games great for the time 
Yeah, I great for the time. Played the shit out of Fallout 2. I'm pretty sure I could probably still go back to it. Fallout 1? Fallout 1, not Ugh, so much. Man. I tried that. that time limit. Is yeah. that time limit. It puts you on edge. No, no Fallout... You can, get the, uh, you can still get the patch that fixes that. Uh, uh, that's yeah. right. I think I remember you bringing that up before. Yeah, Fallout 2 is still in that pocket where it's like, oh yeah, this hasn't aged well, but it's still fun enough that I can play it. The yeah. first one, not so much, though. Yeah. Yeah, early access is always sketchy. It's it's sketchy on everything. Uh, I mean, fucking Fortnite. Yeah, that I, is. I think I've only ever done it for two games. It was Fortnite, and I also did it for uh, the Long Dark. Yeah, and I did. Long it. Dark was actually good, but it didn't have a whole lot to do other than just survive. And supposedly it's done really well. I just I haven't yeah. gone back to it. Uh, we got burned it. by Fortnite. Yeah, I've yeah, I, yeah, I get that. I, yeah, we got I, burned. I, the first time I ever did it was probably for. Uh, we happy few. Mm. And when that came out, there were, it was bare bones. It had really nothing to do in it. Yeah. Uh, the most that it did was go to like the first, the first bunker. And there was nothing after that initially when it came out. And a lot of people were like, okay, well this is, it's a cool world, but you don't have anything here. Yeah. So it became this kind of like, well, why did Essentially I just gave you the demo? Yeah. Why did I pay for this kind of thing? But uh, I mean, that game turned, it actually turned out pretty well. It, it has a full story for it. It's, you know, Fuck. No Man's Sky might as well have been early access, and that's you know, exactly we've yeah. talked about that <laughs> but, before. But, but you have other games that come out and claim to be full release releases, and and are actually just early access because it takes them so long to get up and running that you go, well, what the fuck is this? And and another little side note on that, I guess No Man's Sky, No Man's Sky just released another yeah. update. Uh, I forget exactly what it's called, but essentially, it's so you can start a game with your friends and you'll be on the same fucking planet. So you don't have to do this weird group up thing. Yeah, you're you're automatically together, and you have your own, I guess, uh, quests to do together. Yeah, I was like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's cool. And I was like, finally doing. Yeah, they've 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 shown that game love. I I can't be mad at Hello Games for No Man's Sky really anymore. No, they kind of realized that. Hey, you know, we had somebody who really was just kind of spouting off a bunch of shit and their own ideas, uh, and we didn't live up to any of that. Yeah, uh, but it's so. Fun. Fun for me to bring it up to Shayna every time because every time she's like, "That game can rot in hell." <laughs> yeah, she get, she she got burned by that game real hard, uh, and I understand it. Uh, it. Her her experience alone made me go, "I'm not going to finish it. I'm done." Well, I um, remember when you you first started playing and you couldn't get off the goddamn planet. Nope, couldn't. <laughs> and I then got, you couldn't get out of the damn yeah, system. I got gypped. Yeah, I got gypped on the the. Uh, Is the fuel cell that was it? The fuel cell. Yeah, because yeah. you couldn't get the blueprint. I couldn't get the blueprint for it. For it. Huh? Um, I feel for you, because fuck Fable Three, <laughs> <laughs> fuck that game, and fuck it. I don't know what you're talking trash. about. It worked fine for me, yeah. <laughs> right? Uh, yeah. So like, we tried so hard to get you out, stuck out of there. God, so I was, I, was I, I married him <laughs> in the game to try to get him unstuck. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. It was. It was so fucking bad. Well, you couldn't teleport or anything because you were like in combat, right? Yep. It was like one of the was, it was, was one of the final werewolf. missions where you had to take out these werewolves attacking the town, and somehow yeah. the game auto saved and it was like perpetual auto save. Yeah, wouldn't let me go back to an old save because for some reason it ran over my old stuff, and like the werewolf fell through the map. Well, yeah. from what I remember yeah. from Fable, you couldn't uh, Fable Three, you couldn't auto, you couldn't self save, right? Yeah, there was no manual yeah. saves. Yeah, so oh, it was just checkpoints. I had that happen to me with uh, Halo Three one time. I was doing the uh, Scarab fight. And the uh, the mongoose that I was on got knocked off a cliff, and it auto saved while I was flying off the cliff, so it would just reload and you die, and reload and you die. Yeah, that's 
that's no bueno. Um, that's kind of like you know, I we I think we've all had this kind of experience. Like mine oh, was yeah. with mine was with the game Wet, uh, which oh, that's uh, old. I play I played that game and uh, the game never the one thing the game never explains and I found out that it is because it doesn't explain it because the tutorial is busted was busted in the game and if you had played it before the update uh, the tour the, the tutorial never pops up to explain to you how uh, your skill tree works I played that entire game without investing anything into a skill tree the entire game <laughs> you no self-imposed joke. hard I, I, mode <laughs> I literally self-imposed hard mode and I got to the last final boss and I found out that the only way that you can get through the the final fight with a boss is by finishing out your skill tree and since I had nothing invested in the skill tree, I didn't have the abilities to get out of the boss fight. Mm. And I was stuck permanently in the arena. And I sat there going, I can't, I can't progress anymore. I'm, I'm, I can't finish this. And I looked it up and somebody's like, you have to have this ability and this ability. And I'm like, when the fuck does that happen? They're like, you have to unlock it in the, the skill tree. And I, and I was sitting in a forum filled with other people that had the same problem right. of the skill tree never popped up and you can't access the skill tree except for at the beginning of a level, you can't access it during. Right. And I was so pissed off and so mad. I just said, I said, fuck this game. I pulled it out of, I, this is the first time I've ever done this listeners. No joke. Pulled, pulled the disc out and I bought it. It was a used copy. I bought it and popped it just yeah. fucking broke it in half and threw it away. I was so pissed off. So saying this is the first time implies that it's happened afterwards. Yeah. What other games do you snap in half? Uh, it was another, it was another PS3 title that I had bought. It was Haze. Oh, fuck that game. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. That game was fucking garbage. That game was trash. Um, I bought, it could have been so cool though. I bought that one used too. Uh, I got that for $5 and there was no way I was going back to fucking GameStop to get nothing out of it. And I just popped that fucker in half, threw it out. And I was like, you're, you're fucking worthless. You don't deserve to be played. The only time I've done that was, uh, Ace Combat Assault Horizon. Ooh, yeah, I could get that. Yeah. That game was rough. Yeah. That game was shit. I was tempted to do it with Oregon Trail when it was supposed to be Red Faction. (laughs) (laughs) That is still a great, <laughs> still, great time. still fucking funny. Uh, my 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 latest instance with that, I think I covered it on the cast last time, was the Call of Duty one, where it spawned me out the fucking window, and it saved me in between yeah. the building and the iron fence. I literally just had to restart yeah. the entire mission. Yeah. Damn, I was like, thankfully, those are segmented, so I didn't have to go very far. Yeah, but it's still annoying. It's still yeah, it's still one very annoying and two. Uh, when it's a triple A title, you don't like that shit shouldn't happen. No, your checkpoint system should not spawn you out of bounds. Yeah. <laughs> it, you know, it should be one of those things of like, this should just be inherent, like inherently something that, but we constantly sh- see shit like that from EA, Activision, Ubisoft, these major title companies that should have their shit down. Yeah. And they don't. So listeners, that yeah. brings me back they can to the whole, a quality department. Yeah. That brings me yeah. back to the whole thing of like, you know, we're because, because of our experiences with early access Fortnite, uh, being the biggest one, uh, next, you know, it, in my opinion, early access would also include, uh, Anthem, uh, <laughs> cause that's basically oh, early that's access. That oh, I bought yeah. But I mean, that, that never one. became yep. an actual game. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, so like because of the, those experiences, we have this outlook of like, well, early access is still kind of one of those things where we don't really want to give into, but because of our experiences now with AAA gaming, 
we sit there and we go, well, the only thing I can really depend on for something to probably be quality and actually work is indie titles. Yeah. And thankfully, those have gone really up in quality. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of nice seeing games. And yet they don't charge me $70 for it. Yeah. I mean, shit, depending on what games you play, you know, recently I've been buying games for 30, 40 bucks a piece, and they're way better than, yeah. you know, Yeah, you have the, the Project Wingman. Yeah, mm-hmm. have you have you started that yet? I haven't had a chance to fire it up. Oh my no. god, that game is so much fun. But, uh, yeah, I mean, like, I, I saw gameplay for it. I was like, this looks awesome. Yeah. Made by three people. Three people. Three fucking people made this. Like one one guy, like one of the reviews is hysterical. He says, is I was actually gonna he was I was actually going to say that uh no, not to recommend it because it still needs some working areas and it's kind of cheesy. He goes, then I saw three people made this. He's like, Yeah, totally fucking recommend it. He's like, Three three people made this game. Are you kidding me? It's like it's better than half the fucking triple A titles I've seen. Well, that's like it was uh we were talking about it after I uh I finally got to sit down and play it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, a lot of the radio chatter during missions will start to repeat. And you'll start to hear the same line. And then, yeah. you know, I, I had to go look up the page and be like, okay, yeah, do a barrel roll, Fox. I can forgive this yeah. because it's three people. Yeah. Do a barrel so. roll. <laughs> do a barrel roll. $60. Over and over fucking again. 60 bucks. This game, $30. Three fucking people. <laughs> Doesn't make any sense. You sit there and you see shit like that. You're like. Okay. D- Disco Elysium. I think the developers, the development team for that was a maximum of like eight, think, ten people. I think it was like twelve. Yeah. yeah. It's a small, it small, small ass team. studio. It was one one of the it was considered, you know, when it came out, one of the best games of the year. Period. Not not just for an indie title. Period. Yeah. And then they turn around like, yeah, we're gonna have fully voiced dialogue for the entire thing. I was, I've seen the amount of dialogue in that game. It yeah. is not small. That's that's big part of the reason why I'm kind of looking forward to it. Like, oh, yeah. I'm tempted to buy it on PlayStation just so I can play, but I almost kind of want to wait and see if it see pops if up it on Game comes, Pass. Comes to Game Pass, yeah, yeah, I get it. You know, I I pretty much be somewhat tempted to that because if it comes to Game Pass, then I can play it on the PC more most likely. Right. Um. But yeah, that I like the gaming industry has just gone so downhill when it comes to these larger corporations that we sit there and go. What the fuck are you guys doing? Yeah. We have this. You're doing this with $60. Like, how is 70 going to make and any that's, difference? And that's exactly it. Like, I see the games that are coming out for 60 or for 70 bucks, and I'm going, I'm not going to give you $70. I mean, Spirit Fair, one of the best games I've played in the past year or so. Yeah. Right. It was, I, I loved it. It was great. You know, Game Pass. Yeah. <laughs> and it was made by a very, I think it was a very small studio. Right? And I think to own it was like 20, 30 bucks. Yeah. 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 And I even asked you, I was like, would it be worth, would it be worth buying if that was the only way you get it? And you went, absolutely. Yeah. I was like, Love this, it. this is the thing. Like we, and, and you turn around, you see somebody offering another game for 70 bucks and you go, well, you're a triple A developer and yeah, I've trusted your games in the past, but lately you haven't really been doing very well. And honestly, most triple A titles have been kind of half-assed. Hayes is it really worth $60 or is it really worth $70? Hayes Light, way out. It was fun. But it wasn't enough to sell me on immediately on It Takes Two. Yeah. Like, and that that actually, a big selling point for that for me was ACG's review. Yeah. I, I, was, I watched him play a little bit and talk about it. I'm like, actually, this looks great. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'll, I'll go ahead and buy it. Yeah. Yeah. Significantly better ending. <laughs> than a way out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Significantly better ending. <laughs> uh, Although, much, much like. 
a way out. We sat there and just kind of like held still at the ending, like see what happens for yeah. a second. Right. <laughs> Hesitant to complete the game because we're like, I don't, I don't really want this per se, but <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like you know, value has shifted. Yeah, it has. Yeah. One game I've been hooked on the, the Game Pass I like, and it's by Double Fine, is uh, Knights and Bikes. I saw you playing that. Yeah, that that's a fun, fun game. I think yeah. Double Fine has to be one of my favorite studios nowadays. Double Fine's always been a fun indie. Yeah. Uh, because I think Double Fine did uh, that uh, that mech one you and I played. Oh, yeah. Where you play as uh, crazy mechs during World War II. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's kind of like a tower defense game. They did the, yeah. uh, the nesting doll one. I don't remember what that was called either. It's been too long. But you know, great little Double Fine makes great little games. Yeah, I like Costume Quest one and, and two. They're one of the studios yeah. that Xbox picked up. Yep. <laughs> Microsoft picked up. Yeah, smart. Um, I think they were the one that the uh, the the creator, the head studio head, came on to the the stage. Like, we'll, we'll make whatever for you, Forza. I mean, <laughs> you want us to make Forza? We'll make Forza. Uh, <laughs> so, listeners, we got to watch Godzilla vs Kong, and it was fun. It's it's a good time. It's not as good as, in my opinion, not as good as Godzilla King of Monsters. No, or or Skull Island. Or Skull Island. Or still Skull a fun Island. movie, yeah. though. Oh, yeah. But it's still a fun movie. Absolutely. Um, totally worth a watch. Yeah, I mean, Kaiju's. Yeah. Uh, Let's do this. One of the, the big uh, criticisms I saw for it, and I can actually kind of agree with it, is, um, without giving anything away, is the Millie Bobby Brown bits. Yeah. Um, that, that trio, right? isn't really necessary for the movie. No. Um, and that's not to say they do a bad job. They were it's more just almost like they didn't know what to do with the character. Yeah. yeah. To yeah, me, they were comedic kind of relief. In. Yeah. It, it yeah. would have made more sense to have had, uh, e- like even just to have her character and her father, the, the guy who plays her father. Brian uh, Cranston? No, 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 <laughs> no, he did. Yeah, he did. <laughs> uh, no, the, uh, the, the guy who plays her, like have, have her character yeah, and her father, go with uh you know go with their like go with their side story like that would have been a better side story is to have his more interaction because he was more of an integral part to king of monsters Monsters than she was yeah and having it turn around and focus in on her felt like she was just kind of shoehorned in yeah and yeah it was probably exact saying you got to give her some more role yeah uh like either that or you know they were just like oh you know we we want to we want these two or these three to combine and and have kind of a, a comedy role for it but they weren't necessary. They felt completely unneeded. Yeah, and only some of it was really all that entertaining. Right. Yeah, you know, like I didn't hate it, but it, like like reviews or critique has said, yeah, uh, it's just not not necessary for the movie. Yeah. The other girl was the other little girl in the movie was way more needed. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. She, I mean, she she's an a, integral part of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she she <laughs> sign language. Yeah, yeah, I'm not kind of necessary yeah. in the movie yeah. for for one part. So it was, you know, it was good. Uh, we enjoyed it. The fight scenes were pretty awesome. Kind of wish that the, some of them were a little longer. Yeah. Uh, to be frank, but you know, I. But ultimately, it kind of went the way that we ex- kind of expected. We expected it. Oh yeah, yeah. it's it's a completely expected ending. I actually or like uh, or movie. So won a bet with my coworkers. Yeah. Because of how the movie ended. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like we were able to predict it pretty good. Yeah. From trailers. but they they were all betting who wins and uh you know i Mm. without spoiling anything i was like neither of them are gonna win i know exactly how this is gonna go yeah 
I have no regrets wearing my Godzilla t-shirt while we watched it. Right. <laughs> uh, I mean, listeners, I'm a, I'm a fan of both and I loved, uh, loved how it went. Uh, I ended up having it. Like I have my own fan theories of, uh, for some parts of it, uh, specifically, uh, having to do with the, uh, hollow earth, uh, sections. But, uh, I mean, Anderson made a call during the, during the movie of like how things were going to end up panning out for the end. It was, pretty fucking spot on so i love um, my kaijus man <laughs> i love my kaijus uh i'm waiting for the next meg movie it's a fun experience i don't i don't know if they're going to come out with another one after this i would love to see it i would to love see more. to see, see more yeah, you want to see more but um, this one could be it because it's a cool it's a really cool universe that they're they're going along with it's far more intricate in my opinion than the japanese one no offense japan but uh your kaiju stuff is really just kaiju show up kill things blow up well, it's, it's a pre-written People script fly. that can yeah. write, you know, it's, reflow over and over. It's, you know, rinse and repeat, repeat for you. Don't get me wrong. It's fun to watch. I still like, I still like watching old Godzilla movies. I was going to say they're simple, but they're a blast. Yeah, they're to a blast watch. to watch. Uh, but there's nothing really, there's nothing really that makes me so intrigued with the, the universe from, from that compared to this. This has a universe. Yeah. Yeah. There's more than one kaiju. <laughs> there's more than one kaiju. There's, there's more uh to the stories i like to get some more backstory on the other kaijus from king of monsters oh yeah that'd be cool um i'm a little disappointed that we didn't get jay jaguar oh god (laughs) fuck that like an ultraman Uh, basically (laughs) um Listeners, if you haven't watched the old Godzilla's and listen to Jay Jaguar, you're gonna realize how stupid that was yeah yeah even back then that was stupid yeah i'm I'd like to see how they'd handle that now, though. I wouldn't. I'm okay. I'm good. <laughs> I'm solid. Uh, I'd prefer aliens showing up. Yeah, I'd probably be okay with that, too. <laughs> uh, just because of uh, Gadira. I am still kind of hoping that they'll eventually do like this and a Pacific Rim crossover at some point. I don't know how they would do that, though. <clears throat> yeah, because it's, it's really devoid on the 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 monster movie aspect side of things but you know there the there's points in in the uh, the movie is, this isn't a spoiler that you know like oh kaiju portal you know yeah, yeah. so possibilities I mean, but godzilla would just show up and whoop everybody yeah, we last we room. saw the kaiju portal yeah we yeah. were like listeners that's a spoiler but it's funny when we saw it we we're like all right <laughs> like literally that's what that is uh so yeah i mean it's worth the watch, listeners. It's included in the service if you have HBO Max. If you wanted to see it in the big big screen, probably absolutely worth it. I mean, I cranked up the volume on mine, and I just sat there like, this is fun. This is just a blast. Um, and uh, and humanity never learns its lesson. No. You don't fuck with Godzilla. You just don't <laughs> fuck with Godzilla. You just don't do anything. To him. Just leave him the fuck alone. Uh, I, you know, one of the main characters learns that. Like the look on the look on his face is this is stupid. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm done. I'm, I'm done. done. I'm I'm finished. <laughs> but it was a you know it was a it was a good time. Highly recommend it. Give it a watch. Uh, even it's it's worth the monthly or a month subscription to uh, HBO Max uh, to watch it. They're coming out with other things like Mortal Kombat. They're going to be having uh, the next Conjuring uh, films coming there. Few the Devil Maybe other stuff. Um, there's a few other things that are that are coming out and. I honestly, it's it's got to be for Warner Brothers side of things. It's more of just we have to get this out. We have to make sure people are making at least something from it, and we have to 
because a lot of theaters listeners, even in place, even in places where they're completely fucking open, some theaters still haven't opened all the way. Yeah. And some theaters have gone completely out of business because of it. Yeah. The one that was closest to my house and went yeah. out of business. I was like, that's a real fucking it's, shame since it was only it's two the city blocks inconvenience away. of having to wear a face mask for, and, and if, if we were on YouTube, we'd be pulled for this for a disease that kill that has a, that has the possibility of killing you by less than 1%. Less than 1% of killing you. And you still have to wear a fucking mask everywhere you go. Everywhere you go. Like, that's that's so fucking dumb at this point. It's a fucking year later, and we're still here. Yep. We still have days. Yeah, we still have fucking businesses you can't open up. We still have fucking theaters who can't, you know, theaters who are open, but can't get movies in their theaters because Hollywood's so goddamn paranoid about it. Yeah. Fucking goddamn it. So Warner Brothers, of course, is doing this. Of course, they're having to try to make as much money as possible. And they're just saying, okay, we're going to come out with in this for 30 days. And then we're going to switch it over to some other service as early access because we need to make money. We need to make something back. We can't just sit on this for a fucking year while this nonsense continues. Disney hasn't caught on. You know, finally, Disney figures out, oh, people will pay for Marvel. Wait, what, what happened? It's almost like they listened to our fucking podcast. Yeah. When that happened. I mean, literally, listeners, we, we posted the podcast. It happened within four days of us posting it. How long do you think it's going to take before they start charging for their seasons of their Marvel shows? I I would not be surprised if that happened. Yeah. yeah. Wouldn't be surprised at all. I uh, still have to have Disney Plus. Never yeah. mind the fact that uh, they still own Hulu, by the way. And did you notice that Mighty Ducks, the show, came out on Disney Plus and the entire fucking trilogy was on Hulu? Hmm. Wonder who owns Hulu? Could it be Disney? Listeners, do you remember when I was pissed off at the fact that Disney Plus even fucking existed in the first place and this and Disney owned Hulu? They could have just put it on the service that they already fucking owned. Right. That well, they charge for. Yeah, why would they do that when they can get everybody to double dip like we all have? Yeah, yeah, that's that's basically what these companies are doing. They're trying to do that. And Disney is being the worst offender of it by saying, okay, well, you have to pay for our service. On top of that, we're going to charge you more for our service. And on top of that, you have to pay thirty dollars yeah. to get just get access to this movie, and the movie will be available on our service forever for as long as you pay for the service. But as soon as you get rid of the service, yeah. Despite Netflix's multiple you know, charge increases, they never had to fucking pay for a movie on there. Nope. Never had never had a premium access pass. I uh, still get access to all their content, and if I change my VPN over to a different country, I get access to even more stuff. So, listeners, if there's a little bit of animosity towards this, you can understand why, right? Yeah. You can see why we're kind of pissed off about how they think how these things are treated. Yeah. Everybody's out there in nickel and dime you. Except us. Yep. You get to enjoy us for free. We charge you. You just don't see it. <laughs> we charge your morality. That's why you should pass us around. Patience. Yep. <laughs> pass us around, just like COVID. <laughs> All right. Uh, anything else to bring up? I fell in love with the uh, first three episodes of Invincible. Yeah, Invincible looks good. good. And I watched the new episode yesterday. Yeah, people don't know what the hell they're talking about, though, when they say it's darker than boys. No, not even close. Not even close. I would say it's as dark as the DC animated movies. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe a touch more just because of the amount of gore, but... No. No, I disagree. After watching Apocalypse War. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I mean, it's 
it's a uh, it's not it's for kiddos it's, it's not, not for, for kids, kids. <laughs> not for it's kids animation for adults that's your call but it's on you right now if you're concerned don't do it um if you are confused by uh, adam eve's symbol on her chest it's completely it's understandable because, the, because <laughs> the uh comic book is supposed to be an atom you know you're supposed to be able electron to see orbit it, electron orbit you know that's what you're supposed to be seeing it's but not several scenes in the show it's just an x majority of it's just an x a female symbol. I, re-watch, I rewatched it. it's majority just an x yeah like a lot of people are complaining about it. it's the it's the it's nitpicky listeners but it's it's confusing for anybody who's never seen the show because they're like why yeah. is there i an knew x nothing about it, it. yeah we like, knew nothing about it adam eve uh, when when i first saw the the symbol and i didn't i didn't hear the name because you don't hear the name until a little bit later uh, I was like, not a girl man. Yeah, not a girl man. <laughs> no chicks allowed. Superpowers, gender fluid. Yeah, uh, it was like we didn't know what it like what what the hell it meant. Yeah, and then you hear the name, you're like, doesn't really clear anything. Doesn't up. really clear anything up. But all right. <laughs> uh, so, but yeah, it's it's a it's a fun looking show. It's it's yeah. continue with the seasons. We'll see since it's a Image Comics if uh, Todd McFarlane who is one of the co-owners of Image Comics, animation to let it happen. Animation's a little bit of a mixed bag. Sometimes it's really good, and other times it's kind of lazy. Yeah. Pretty on par for most animation nowadays. Yeah. Great soundtrack. Yeah. 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 Great voice acting. Yeah. Oh, stellar, stellar voice acting cast. Yeah. If you got Prime, you want to watch something a little different, I yeah. think it's worth a watch. Included in service. Yep. Yeah. Watch it. Uh, yeah, don't have to pay anything extra for it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> listeners, the other, uh, another thing that miles and I, like miles and I have been going through some anime shows. Uh, one of them that we watched was cop craft. Um, I'd say it's worth watching. It's fun. Um, I enjoyed the story. The characters overall are compelling enough to stick with it. Uh, the main character kind of makes me laugh because he's just kind of fed up with bullshit. It's in, it's enjoyable. It's a, a cop that gets paired up with a elf and uh, they are detectives together. It's a fun, fun show. That's for, or that's worth watching. That's on Hulu. Um, we watched, we tried watching a new one uh, called assassination class. I think that's what it's called as really fucking weird. No fucking sense. Makes no fucking sense. I'm hoping that eventually it has a storyline that makes some sense. A lot of episodes to go through, though, so we'll see. Uh, the other show that we watched is uh, Decadence, which is a really mixed bag animation-wise. Very. Uh, the human beings are all like, and it's it's a newer show. It's, it came out last year. It is an interesting story. Human uh, beings going extinct, turned into cyborgs, turning around and playing humans in in the real world it's weird yeah uh you have you have <laughs> like at the the robots look like they are rejected concept drawings from mega man games pretty much uh and they are drawn like that consistently mm-hmm. like uh, there's no super lot like a lot of detail no depth not a lot of shadowing taking place on them versus the human beings that are all drawn like traditional anime which are uh relatively uh pretty intricate have yeah. shading stuff like that and it, overall it's pretty well animated but it's just kind of this really weird mixed bag of seeing the two of them and you're completely thrown off when you go into the second episode and you're like what the fuck's going on why the fuck is this happening who are these fucking things what are these fucking things uh and you're stuck in the middle of a you know 
a Mega Man cartoon <laughs> for a bit. Uh, it makes more sense as you go, but it is it's a fun it's a fun so far it's a fun anime. It's worth watching. Uh, I think uh, not a whole lot of episodes to it. There's only twelve um, for the season. So we'll see if that one continues. I watched uh, How Not to Summon a Dragon Lord. That was. I get that Japan has this fixation on boobs. Oh, uh, Demon, <laughs> Demon Lord. Demon Lord, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, not Dragon Lord. My fault. How to how to not how to not summon a Dragon Lord or a Demon Lord? I almost did it again. Uh, <laughs> like I, I get that Japan has this fixation on boobs, but God damn it! Like seriously, we. we it's really lewd. It's really no lewd human or humor for no reason. And uh, the other one that I tried watching that is basically just softcore porn <laughs> is uh, Monster Museum, and uh, that one's on Hulu too. And I I watched that and or I watched like two episodes of that. And I was like, this is just disturbing. Um, I I don't understand. I don't understand how this like how. Uh, a guy fondling woman like a woman's boobs or obsessing over them or stuff like that. How that stuff's funny. Oh man. Like that was the that first three episodes. Funny the, like, that wouldn't even be funny in the eighties. Which one? Monster so, Museum. Yeah. I've watched the first three episodes and I just, I just like fuck this. I'm out. Yeah. Like it, it, it's, it's so cringy that it's not funny. No, it's not. And I don't even see how the Japanese find it funny. Listeners. I, I realize different that they're a completely yeah. different culture than us, but at the same time, I'm just like, there has got to be a point where I mean, this is just not funny. That's, it's, that's, it's just porn. That's why you and I enjoy watching the Japanese commercials. Because they're, they're fucking so just bad shit. absurd. Like, who the fuck? How the fuck does anyone think like this? Yeah. We, we turned it into a game of trying to guess what they're advertising. Yeah. We, we, if we had a YouTube channel listeners, that would be it. We would have the guessing game of watching Japanese commercials and trying to figure out what the fuck they're trying to sell us. Sometimes, sometimes it's pretty evident. Most of the time, it's not. <laughs> a lot of times, it's noodles. A lot of times, it's noodles, and we don't get that until the end of it, and uh, it's very confusing, to say the least. Or mobile so, games or something like that. So, yeah, I mean, uh, watched a, been watching a lot of anime just to see what, you know, see what else is out there, and since anime is at least willing to try and tell different stories than what's going on with comic books right now, that is probably your best bet. You know, partial speculation. It, typically, uh, you know, the, obviously this is not always, but stereotypically, uh, most Japanese women don't really have large breasts. Okay. Right? So, just like their obsession with lemon, which is not, native, not to Japan. native to Japan. So they're <laughs> like, yeah, boobs. Yeah, I, I guess maybe, maybe that's, that's the fascination. Yeah, it's possible, I guess. It's funny at first, but after it just becomes a thing of like obsession and you're like, can we move on? Like, come on guys. Like it, it can't be that entertaining and that funny there. Like just, there's gotta be a point where somebody in there in your culture, not, it's not in listeners. This isn't necessarily like woke or anything like that of like respecting women or stuff like that. It's just not funny. It's just at a point where you're just like, it's just inappropriate and I don't care. I mean, I've always seen that as kind of the point. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's funny because holy shit, that guy is so fucking cringy. Yeah. Like, like, no one actually yeah. acts but, like this. But, but it when, does, it, when it's your entire show. Yeah, it gets yeah. old after a while. It, it, I agree. It can't, like, that's what I mean. It, it can't be continuously funny. Yeah. It can't be funny every fucking time. It's kind of be like one of those things like, really? 
yeah. your occasional moment. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Demon Lord, Demon Lord retry, however, is has some of that humor, but it's actually funny because the character is not lewd. He's not obsessing about their boobs. It's mostly just the character keeps getting put in these situations. He's just like, I don't want to fucking be here. Yeah. Like, why am I? Why is this happening to me? I'm a good person. <laughs> the, the, like, the ones that occur in Overlord are funny most yeah. of the time. Uh, a lot of times in with that character, it's mostly because he's just clueless. He yeah. just doesn't most most for most of the time. He just doesn't know that he's done this. The the how not to summon a demon lord one that you mentioned. I didn't yeah. I didn't finish it. But like some of it is funny. Some of it is funny. Yeah, you know? uh, a lot of it is. Um, it, when it when it does it consistently, you're kind of like, okay, I get it. Nosebleeds, whatever. Yeah. Um, why are we dragging this? Why out? are we dragging this out? The, you know, the. It, it's like some of the, some of these shows like you, you just can't. You either you either can hang with it or you can't. Uh, so listeners, I'm just giving you the recommendations of like what we can hang with. Demon Lord retries worth a watch. There's a lot of what are you doing Biden moment moments, but it's <laughs> it's it's handled pretty fine or pretty funnily because the character like the the character doesn't know either one doesn't doesn't realize what he's saying or two uh, when he gets into a situation like there's a situation where he has three girls who are sleeping in his bed and he's literally sitting there going I'm never going to get any fucking sleep I'm not a fucking teddy bear why is this happening to me is the kind of is the kind of situation that part was funny to me. Uh, and it's just because he is kind of like this fatherly figure in the, in the show, um, without even trying, but it's, it's those things like those things are funny. Other things aren't. So wouldn't recommend, would not recommend uh, monster museum. Don't do it. If you, if you're, if you want to see cartoon boobs, go for it. If you're sitting there going, this is just fucking ridiculous, ridiculous. And I don't care. Don't. Don't watch it. First episode's not even worth it. Um, demon or uh, how not to summon a, summon a demon lord or uh, demon lord is just okay. It's an interesting enough story in the end. Um, it kind of makes me curious about what where they're going to go with it. But again, if you're not really if you're uncomfortable with that kind of those kind of cringe moments, don't don't put yourself through it. And I recently got you through uh, High School of the Dead. High and, School of the uh, Dead. High School of the Dead has <laughs> High School of the Dead has one main video has one main episode that is so batshit lunat like lunacy that you can tell it was just the animators wanted to ta- like the animators wanted to draw sex. They wanted to draw women fondling each other and that was it. Like the, they had come into the work that day so hard up that they were just like, <laughs> I gotta do something about this. I'm gonna draw it. I, I'm assuming so, you guys never read the manga for that one. No. Yeah. I it's don't need to. I've already seen way the fuck down. Oh yeah. I don't, I'm sure. I don't need to. I've seen the images. Yeah. I've seen, I've seen what the manga looks like. It's to, that. That's to me, to me, it's like, it, there's a, there's literally a point where I'm just like, you know what? Either I'm watching porn. And in which case, if I'm watching cartoon porn, I'm going to just go watch the real thing uh, and save myself some time because I don't get the whole I don't know. Like, I, I guess like, an, I guess like animation has its place of like trying to fulfill your own uh, fetishes or something like that, or fantasies. If you can't get that, in, if you can't get that in real life. Yeah. But there is a point where it's just, it's not something I want to watch. And a lot of these, a lot of these cartoons or these anime try start to cross that line. And I start to go, I don't know if I'm going to stick with this. You're going to lose me. And that's why I love one punch man so much. 
Yeah. Oh, it's, so it's consistently funny. It doesn't take it, it itself doesn't, seriously. It doesn't take itself seriously. Um, you know, every now and then they'll do the, oh, there's her ass. Oh, there's her boobs. Like, not not showing, uh, you know, the actual flesh or anything like that, but like focusing on it as like a, I get that. I get those portions. Those, those portions are mostly for the Japanese audience, but they're quick enough that I ignore them and I move on. And the rest of the show is fantastic. And Saitama is one of the best protagonists I think I've seen in a long time. Um, just because he's so clueless. Yeah. <laughs> it's so freaking great. Love it. Yeah, I'm trying not to plow through the whole series all in one setting because I yeah. know they haven't made the third season yet. I've watched depression. it like four times. So I'd be glad to watch it with you again. Over and over again. It's so funny. Yeah, I um, loved the uh the end of season one. Yeah. Well, the alien yeah. invasion. Yeah, when uh when the bad guy's explaining all his powers and he's just like okay. <laughs> yeah wow you're strong i love the. i, wow, I always strong. love the. wow you're strong or wow you're fast yeah, yeah. <laughs> i think it comes across as being kind of like an asshole and condescending but it's really not yeah he's he's just stating a fact he's like wow you're fast Wow, you're strong <laughs> like it comes across as so unimpressed yeah. <laughs> like, uh, or uh when he punches the ninja and the balls on accident right <laughs> i'm so sorry i didn't mean to do that i swear to god <laughs> i just i took it too far yeah, you know, I think be- one of the first fights that won me over is when he's fighting the uh, the evil uh, water monster lizard thing in the first stadium mm. in the first season. Yeah. Oh yeah, and like it's this huge fight, and he just shows up, and it's like ten seconds. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, nothing. Um, or like when the ninja gets past him, like did I just see a naked ninja? Right? Yeah, nobody else sees it. And he just sees sees the naked ninja. Was there? Was that a naked ninja? Like, I think I saw something. He gets off the bike, like walking around looking for him. Yeah, I swear I saw it. It was great. Um, yeah, I mean it's it's just a great show. I mean, you have, you have that display that uh, there was a display that Miles showed me and yeah. uh, new one from the uh, new one somebody. from from somebody. And it shows the shows Saitama. He's just. Got, you know, got like the, the power glove thing. It just, and says, it just okay. says, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I'm going to use this as my new motiv- motivational uh, poster. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I love that show. Uh, it's fantastic. So listeners, if you haven't watched One Punch Man, I can't recommend it enough, um, honestly. And this is somebody who I, I passed it up. I watched a little bit of the first episode. And I was like, yeah, this probably isn't for me. And that was a mistake. I will wholly admit that that I used my own prejudices against my against it, and it was it was a stupid idea. It was great. It, it was helps. on my watch list for years. Yeah, and then you two finally said, "Anderson, fucking watch this." Yeah, yeah, that's what happened with me. I watched <laughs> the first two episodes, and I I put it down for some reason, and then you guys started watching it. And it was like, all right, I guess I it's give it a so shot. funny, dude. The the G- I laugh every time I watch the Genos fight, <laughs> and uh, with him, and Genos is just getting mad because he's not. He's not actually trying. He's just dodging everything. And he finally, <laughs> he's like, you're not taking me like, seriously. You're not taking me seriously. And finally, <laughs> he gives him the one fucking punch. And it's so much force that the shockwave goes around Genos and knocks out an entire fucking canyon. And it creates a canyon behind him. And Genos, like the greatest part, though, is the, the, when the fist starts coming in and you see it and it flashes up on the screen. And unfortunately, the 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 English dub version doesn't show what it says, but it says death, <laughs> yeah. like on on the screen. Yeah. And it's Genos knowing that this is it. This is the one punch. This will kill me instantly. <laughs> there is no way around this. I'm dead. 
and <laughs> it just he just stops like right in front of his face and he just turns around there's that fucking just barrel of a uh, of a canyon behind him that's been created from a mountain and i'm like yeah that's literally why he's called one punch man and it like, shows how much control just he has how much control he has and how much power he has is unreal uh it's freaking great so and if I, uh, you know, for all those idiots out there, there's like, oh, who would win in a fight, Goku or, or Saitama? Saitama. Literally, every question you ask, it is always Saitama, 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 well, It doesn't Saitama. make a difference because this Let's Dragon Ball, so Saitama will kill him and Goku will just keep coming back and getting killed every time. Yeah, every, over, yeah. And over, over and over again. It wouldn't that matter. being said, I would still want to watch that fight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if you want to watch that fight, have you gotten through the first season? Yeah. Okay, that that fight is just basically him versus that alien. Yeah, <laughs> the the true. alien boss. That's nope. literally it. Watch him defeat Goku with a series of sideways jumps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it, it, you know pe- people keep having that question. Like there was one that came up as like Saitama versus versus Superman. It's still Saitama. Yeah, <laughs> one punch man. One punch. Literally one punch. And how brothers they won't even fight each other. He's he's. No. <laughs> there's a reason why they say they make the statement of it's like there's a god living inside of them. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyways, uh, listeners, that's pretty much all we have for this week. Thank you for listening to us. We really do appreciate it. Please go on Facebook, like us on Facebook, or get rid of all your social media. We really encourage that. Get rid of your your Twitter account. That's a huge one. Just get rid of, get rid of Twitter. Don't don't pay attention to the nonsense anymore that people are putting out there because that's just literally a complaining platform at this point. Uh, there's a reason why we left. So. Get rid of your Twitter account. Tell your friends about us. It's pretty much the only way we get around. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, Podbean. There's a bunch of other services that carry us now. This is Vargo. This is Josiah. Miles. Anderson. Keep on geeking on, and we're out.
Just a 